everybody and hello humans it is time for the not a robot shows dc comic reviews real reviews by real people and not robots this week we're going to be reviewing detective comics 1031 batman superman 14 red hood 51 flash 766 batman beyond 49 legion of superheroes 11 Suicide Squad 11, Wonder Woman 767, Action Comics 1027, Justice League Dark 28, and Death Metal, The Multiverse Who Laughs, uh, one issue tie-in. We've got quite a week of books mm-hmm. going on this week, um, so I guess that's something we can all be thankful for this Thanksgiving holiday. A lot to read and keep us busy about. We're about to share our thoughts on those after we recap them. If you want to talk about debate, answer, laugh at, correct, or otherwise comment on anything we say or have said, there's a contact form on Not Robots. Excuse me, Not a Robot Podcasts dot com, and we do respond pretty darn quickly. We're also on Twitter at Not a Robot Show, and Anthony is at Walt Gator ninety three. Reed doesn't really do social media, but you can find him on SoundCloud, and we all do answer our show mail. Um, now is the time to say a big, huge thank you to the people who help us support the podcast. And those are the members of the Not A Robot Army. It is time for the Not A Robot Army roll call. Your support through Patreon gets you early access to our podcasts, extra content, and access to our Slack channel where you can talk with us outside of the podcast. And that is all at as low as a dollar a month. Present for the Not A Robot Army Roll Call are Weird Science Jim, Hollister, and Torpedo Face. A big salute to all of you and an even bigger thank you. So what are you waiting for? Sign up and show us you just might be a human after all and join the Not A Robot Army. All right, and with so many books this week, we did interact quite a bit on Twitter, but we didn't do any polls, and uh, we're going to just go ahead and jump right into those books. We will start things off with Detective Comics 1031, priced at $3.99, written by Peter J. Tomasi, with art by Bill Chris Evely and Matt Lopez, letters by Rob Lee, with the cover by Jorge Jimenez and Alejandro Sanchez. Tomasi's latest issue of Detective focuses on two big things going on with the Bat family right now, one being the growing presence of people who don't want and actively are acting out against the Bats in Gotham. The other concerns Damien and what he's doing with what he's learned in the investigations that with Batman's Black Casebook. A foe from the past makes an appearance as well. Now, the art inside this issue has a few bold color choices, but I think that it really works. The art is kind of casually detailed um, in style. I like it. It's not my favorite, but I thought it worked okay. Um, so the issue starts out showing us that Nakano and the Mirror are definitely not the same person, something we all talked about here on the podcast the last time that we covered Detective Comics, um, the possibility that that, that indeed was the case. And... Um, it's definitely not. Nakano turned down turns down the mirror's offer for an easy election. Um, next, inexplicably, yeah, the the issue ruins the big surprise at the end of the book. 
uh, Damien was looking into Detective Podolsky, the lead investigator on all of the attempts on Bruce's life when he was younger. It turns out that she's Tommy Elliott's illegitimate sister. So guess who shows up later? Um, in any case, we turn and the Bat family, which is Batman, Nightwing, Barbara, Red Hood, Batwoman, Cassandra, and the Signal, at least in this iteration, are all on rooftops watching an assembly being pulled together by the mirror. It's the pros versus the nose in the middle of Gotham, and a fight breaks out, so the bats swoop in. While Batman is focusing on updates on Damien's whereabouts and confronting the mirror, the rest of the team is taken out by tranquilizer darts and loaded into the back of a van. The mirror takes his time to make a grand speech and uh, leaps off a nearby bridge. Uh, he's talking about martyrdom and how every great cause has one. And apparently, because, you know, this is comics, he blows himself up. Batman immediately tries to defuse the situation rather than make sure that the mirror just did that, which seems a little out of character for him. Um, he's So he's standing with the crowd and he's trying to reason with them. And from what the panels indicate, he appears to succeed. And that's when he is radioed to by Nightwing who tells him that the team is on their way toward him. Actually, they are not. They are all being held captive by, surprise, Tommy Elliott, appearing as Hush. So um, I've been into the detective books lately. They've been pretty enjoyable. I don't know exactly what it is. It just it just feels a little off, um, something in this issue. Some of the dialogue certainly is for characters like Penguin and the Two-Face who make very quick cameos that basically add nothing to the book. Uh, Batman not diving over the ledge to make sure that the mirror did what it looked like he did. That, that seems out of character. Um, uh, the Bats as a whole, the whole family, diving into a confrontation with people rallying against them, knowing that that would probably hurt a lot of people um that seems out of character uh maybe it's just that it seems a little rushed i can't put my finger on it but something is missing here with um some really substantial parts of the story i give this a six five out of ten what do you think six, anthony well the scene with the villains i think this might foreshadowing like a team up between a couple of the villains and batman because already um, a bad guy, Mira, he doesn't like either side. He doesn't like the masked guys and the masked bad guys. But with what Penguin, his response, it seems as if he's tired and he's sick and tired of just seeing um, Mira's face, which might lead to a nice little um, team, a team of uh, either one or two of Batman Vogues with Batman himself. Especially with um, the that Robins and Signal. Yeah. Especially with the Robins and Signal are now held captive by Hush. Which, I saw that coming a little bit, only by when we do get that page of Maul being on drink. So at first I thought, was this staged by the cops? Uh, or staged by somebody to, like, kidnap them? But then when you see the same one in each of the panels, like... Uh, because of what Damien did, you mean? I could see that. Like, no, no. If they're, like, if, um, staged by the cops... If maybe some of the cops are with Amira who hate the who ah, hate the mask, okay, or just normal people who are with the um the Amira person, 
I can like see them maybe they want to kidnap them, but then when you see it, it's the same one in every panel, like oh never mind, it's the same mm-hmm. character, someone separate. But like, what do you think of the mask? The mask, the um, let me go up. Where you see the normal civilians with each other, like the uh, like the Bath families. It seems as if the artist took inspiration from. Maybe the Batman anime series with a few of the masks, like the Robin mask. The Batman look a little bit like the TV show. Yeah, yeah, they 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 do. They they've got like an animated style to them, and uh, I mean, I'm I'm sure that was done to make it look like they were obviously masks. But I I see the correlation there for sure. No, more. How do you feel how the ones you see up front, you see more signal than you see of everybody else. I don't know that Signal had that much of a, of a fan base. I don't think the Signal does have that big of a fan base. Um, not saying anything against the character. He's a good character. He just hasn't been handled with crap. So um, I I would say that uh, that's just a little bit of uh, promotion going on there. You know, they're trying to give him a bump. Look how popular he is. All the people in the crowd, more people have Signal on than anybody else. Yeah, I see that. I'm like, we see, I see one Batman, but then I see like two Signal one Batgirl, one Robin, maybe like a Huntress behind him. I'm like, wow, Signal is very popular in Gotham. Good for him. Right, um, he's but, the hero in the daytime. I feel like the art is slightly downhill from last issue. I'll agree with we, you there. At least we got a little confirmation also that um, Mira and I'm going to butcher his name. Um, Nak- Nakano. Yes, Nikano. They're not the same person. Because that was a rumor people were always having, saying that that, that they're one of the same, same agenda. You don't see them in the same place at the same time. Maybe the same person, it, but... It, it was definitely... I was definitely open to the possibility. Mm-hmm. I thought that that very well could have happened. They, they could have ended up being the same person, but apparently not. <laughs> yeah, and like there's no way this is a red herring because they're by themselves. They would not be having this fake staging if they're, if they're like they were by themselves. So I like how we see this. So now I'm wondering where we're we gonna see Nikano. Because I feel as if he'll either be on the side of fully on the side of Batman or fully on the side of anti siding with the mirror guy. Um, He's gonna... I don't know, man. I think I see Nikano kind of they're painting him up to be this guy who's you know, he's he He's like uh, like the original Harvey Dent, you know. He's mm-hmm. not going to compromise. He sees good in Gotham, but he see, he sees good in Gotham under his blueprint only, the way that he sees it. He's not going to succumb to any help um, if it's crooked. He wouldn't he wouldn't even touch that thumb drive that the mirror gave him. But he's very anti mask, and regardless of the mirror's agenda, he is lumping the mirror in with all the rest of the masks, good and bad. Eventually, he's going to see the. He's gonna see the gray side. We're like, yes, we have black and white, but yet you have okay, to see okay. where they stand in between. I see what um, you're at. I also do like how we do see more of got the Gotham City are staying up for the heroes. We do see that divide in between. Especially in the next page where we do see someone drawing a Batman um symbol, but then next panel over you see someone trying to deface it and then they get into it. So I do like we see more of Gotham is being a full-on character, per se. Yeah, and that that's something I really do enjoy in the books, too, man. Speaking of which, what did you think of it? I gotta give this a 
seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Mm-hmm. You enjoyed it a little bit more than me. I guess it just it felt a little sloppy. It felt a little rushed to me. Um ultimately I'm still interested in seeing where the story goes. I just I think that this issue could have been better. The one thing I didn't like though, how like Batman was saying how oh I have um like I can't like find like Robin, but yet if I don't go now, I don't see him again. Oh, you should, you should go. No, I'm good. I'm like okay. Yeah, that's just gonna that, leave again. Robin. Yeah, exactly. It was sloppy writing. That's I, the one thing I just not, doesn't. Ugh. There was just so many pieces that were out of character. It just felt rushed because I know Tomasi's capable of great stuff. So yeah, and he did the Batman right. Robin run in the New Fifty Two, which was a great run. So I'm surprised that he want to like disband them because I thought. With Tomasi on Detective Comics, we'll see more of them working together. Because in his first run on Detective on Comics, he had them, they're working together against Arkham Knight. Right. And, uh, well, I mean, hopefully that's where it ends up uh, after uh, after we wrap up this black case book nonsense. Um, continuing the Batman trend throughout the first half of this show, with the exception of Flash, we're going to. Uh, cover Batman Superman 14 next. And Anthony, uh, why don't you tell us who brought that to us and all about it? You got it. Batman Superman, priced at three ninety nine. Joshua Ormson as the writer. You have Max Rayner as the artist. Alejandro Sanchez, the colors. John J. Hill, the letter. And David Marquez and Alejandro Sanchez are doing the cover. Now, if we do remember last time how we did see the combustion of the Batman Superman as it was one, which is a great page. Now we open up this issue in a nice little battle scene between now, I say this every week how at least one issue we do get like a poster-worthy panel or a poster-worthy page. That's what we had right now in the the whole splash page of Batwoman Steel, Batman and Superman facing off against the robots. It's just one slash page, and man, it just really is gorgeous. Give, just give it of the um, of the cover. The text yeah, bubbles exactly. And like, yeah. It would just look amazing, just with all you zoom in and see all the bad guys that, that they're facing. Very nicely done. And I agree with that. Oh, there's one thing. Why does Su- I am enjoying more and more of this also Especially with Superman, he does look a little bit like cartoony, which I'm okay with. Um, why does he have um short shoulder pads? Did I miss that in the last issue? Um, I don't know. They all seem to have short shoulder pads now. Um, Batman and Batwoman. Bat Batwoman is like fully decked out in like upgraded armor. Batman and Superman both have shoulder pads. Uh, I don't see any on steel, but I guess his whole body is a pad. Um. <laughs> His whole armor, anyway. Uh, but yeah, I, I I'm not sure. I don't remember the the shoulder pads from from last issue. But uh, I mean, I I've seen I've seen worse designs. Oh, yep, that ain't the truth. Um, so as we found out last issue, that the combustion of Superman, he went to Metropolis to um. So with him there. While all the robots are on the moon, the team decides to split up. Best way to do it was Superman head straight to his home city. Now, I 
how now how this was handled, I'm not going to I did enjoy this quite a bit because one took down the body, the other one basically took, took down the mind. And of course, Batman is master of the mind. So that was the perfect man for the job because as he was up there, he had steel hook up his mind with the like the robots and he was able to like fight Brainiac within. Um Yeah, um I'm curious to see what you Sorry thought about, about that part. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, Anthony had a sneeze going on there. Um, I'm curious to see what you thought about that part. Hey, enjoy. We didn't get that much, but we didn't get. We got, in my opinion, the perfect amount. There was like a few pages. The art style changed a little bit, which I feel like it should have. When you go through before time or different dimensions or whenever something changes, I feel like the art should change a little bit to make it a little bit separate from the outside world. I enjoyed that. We do see, like, um, panel of all the villains, mainly the villains we've seen in the Batman Superman run. We see, um, Zod and Razzagoo. We see Time Skull, also Humanite, and Brainiac, which I believe are all the villains we've actually had in this book. Um, the one thing I did not like about it, though, was how he was defeated. <laughs> it just seemed a little bit too easy because as this version of Brainiac wanted to like prove to prove himself to both Batman and Superman, all he says was his last words was he wanted them to be proud of, like he wanted Batman and Superman to be proud of him. It just rubbed me the wrong way. I'm like, oh, okay. We, it felt a little anticlimactic. Yeah. Um, also a little bit rushed. Like, yeah, I like how I'm much time that they too. spent there. But then we also get a panel of just the battle scene outside, which we get only, like, one page. Great scene. Wish that went on a little bit more. And then next you know, because he went in on one page, and then literally about three pages more. Maybe two, um, eight pages more. It's already gone. So that felt rushed to the ending. And we have the, like, this is a huge mistake. In my, and I think that they're also foreshadowing a future story. Cause they have the, um, Brainiac in a Joker robot head. This just screams to me that this is setting up for a, for an upcoming, like, a sequel to this story. Cause, one, it's a Joker robot. You should destroy that in an instant. Nothing is going to come with a Joker robot head. Now, am I, am I... Hold on one second, because I don't want to be wrong here. Um, Yeah, okay, so they put it in the Joker's head because that's the only thing that they had that was big enough to hold him. The, the hard drive in the Joker... Um, to contain his crazy personality was the largest hard drive out of all of the robots. You could so easily destroy that. To contain it. I know, but right. Um, would, would. But rather than destroy it, Batman says um, at the at the end, he says, "I transferred the program into an old computer I found in the mansion. 
It's pretty primitive, no internet, no way to be accessed, but it, this is an AI. It can think for itself, so it is a life form and should be protected. So I guess that's why they didn't destroy it because it's a thinking thing. It is sentient, and I can see that, and I'm okay with it. They put it into this computer that apparently can't access the uh, internet. But that said, I mean, we saw the same thing, a, a similar storyline happen in Dial H for Hero where, where a computer was, uh, a rogue computer program was stored on an ancient computer and somebody eventually gave that internet access and then boom, we've got a problem again. So I think you're probably right. They are more than likely going to this is a little seed mm-hmm. that gets planted that somebody gets to pick up later on. Which is good. And that's all um sets that up. I would not be shocked is if once it does get picked up, somehow not all of it got transferred from the Joker head into the um old computer. I would not be surprised if some of it is still in the Joker head and that's what we do see that story start. Which in my opinion that's good. He's setting either himself or somebody else up with another story. Yeah, because we don't we we don't find out what happens to the Joker head at all. No, nah. we just we do we do see Batman noticing how messed up that the Batcave is, and when he goes to recruit everybody to help clean them up, uh, they they've all got something to do. <laughs> Which <laughs> okay, listen, fun. Superman can clean up in in instant. Okay, I mean like Superman, you're just lazy because that took you no time at all. You have your dang super speed, right? And he also tells him. Tells Steel and Batwoman why they picked them. Which, if you're a fan of either of the other characters, you'll love the reason. Um, but personally, I'm not that big into Steel per se. I enjoy Batwoman, but I'm like, you have uh, you have better candidates to choose from. Don't say that. <laughs> they've got they've 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 got other candidates to choose from, and I think Steel is another one of those characters who, um. I really enjoyed him when he was introduced back in the the Reign of the Superman storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, his introduction was great. I just think he's one of those characters that have been tossed to the side. His oh, daughter yeah. has been given a little bit of spotlight, you know, and, but his character was never really handled well after the initial story arc that he, he needed to be in. I mean, he's been a part of a couple of cool teams and a couple of cool storylines, but I mean, still just doesn't feel like he's been handled well. So yeah, I see where time- you... I see where you're coming from with that. Yeah, because the last time we seen him was in Superman Woman, the Superwoman book, which once the, once that got canned, we we haven't seen him um, since. So that's one thing I like about DC is that once they get cancel a book, you don't really see that character or some of the characters in those books, like the side characters, for a long time. Yeah, that's true. And one other thing, I I. I Notice the Superman is completely capeless throughout this entire thing. Do you remember him losing his cape at any time? Did he have he had a cape in the last book, right? I think what might have happened here is because Batwoman and Steel both have red capes, they may have ditched Superman's. I don't remember him losing his cape in the last issue. That's not that important. Oh wow, yes. I don't know, um I don't know where you stand on it, Anthony, but I give this one it was a fun ride. It just mm-hmm. it, that that was that that was about all it really was. Um, could could have been done better. Could have been done a whole lot worse. It was fun. Uh, like you said, I I had concerns about some of the art style choices throughout this run here. Um, 
but this team in particular looks pretty good. I'm having a tough time deciding if I want to get a give it a. I, you know what? I'm going to give it a seven. It was it was enjoyable. It was all right. Um, it was uh, no. no. You know what? Six five. It's a six, six five. Ooh, wow. I mean, I'm not trying to be rude. It's and that's not a bad score. I don't no, yeah. Think. I mean, a lot of people are. Uh, a lot of people feel like if you give a book anything under an eight, you're kind of crapping on it. But let's be honest. I mean, if we're if ten is perfection, and the scale goes from one to ten, that means five and a half is right around. You know, your run of the mill, very very super average comic book. So this is a little bit better than that. I'm going to give it a six point five, and I'm I'm standing with it. I was going to say, I'm right there with you. Once you hit seven, but uh, yeah, I'm going with a seven. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like lately this book wants to be more wacky and more fun because that's what we have been getting the past couple of issues. Plus, with the stories and the art alone, the art seems wants to be more fun as well. Like it's a little bit more cartoony slash um animation type and all. So. Unfortunately, this isn't more of a serious book that I thought it was going to be. When this book was not going to be like some serious um, battles, we'll be seeing them do some great stuff. But no, I think at this point, they're considering this more like a C tier book. I guess they want to keep it more uh, fun. If so, as long as, it's, like, as long as they have a good story, I'm down with that. I guess it's a 7 out of 10. Yep. You know what? Yeah, I'm. <sighs> I'm going to have to go with seven. I'm giving it a seven. Dang it. I mean, they even, um, they even took the time to very well clear up that this is all stuff that happened after the entire dark Knights multiverse crap. They, they mentioned it in one of the panels there that this is, they, they say like back when that happened, you were back after this happened, you know, uh, mm. we need to make sure everything's safe. So they've dated themselves too. Yeah. I'm with you, man. I'll give it a seven. It was fun, and that's what it needs to be. Um, similar to the the digital comics, um, you know, the digital first releases that they've got going on, they're taking titles and they're they're just giving us something a little bit different. You know, and now, that's that's not necessarily a bad thing. Now, do you think that this book should be a digital book instead of what it is? Um, not with this, uh, not with this art team, not with Rainer and Sanchez. But uh, if they were going to take it in a different direction, I mean, they, it, it would be in and release it every two weeks. Then yeah, that would I would be fine with this as a digital first. Now, right now, would you recommend someone buying this issue to issue or saying do it in trade? You know, honestly, I mean, I'd be surprised to see that they do have a trade i mean i guess there's an there's an overall linking story here that's kind of just batman and superman working together after the dark knight catastrophe the anti-crisis crisis um but uh it's 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 really easy to just pick jump into this book and pick up wherever you want um, there's kind of a recap going on in each one, and really, even if there's not, if you've got a little bit to catch up on for that particular swing of the arc, or so far anyway, with only 14 issues, you only got to go back an issue or two in order to be able to pick up everything. So, um, either or, to be honest with you, um, 
it's really easy to 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 jump into it at any point and um with a loosely collected string through it i mean i don't i wouldn't buy it as a trade you know it's not it's not a story arc you know what i'm saying it's yeah it it is a run and it's it's just not something i would buy as a trade but single issues oh yeah let's go with that and um i mentioned how they're kind of trying to do something different in here uh the next issue up is uh another one where we're getting uh a lot of differences uh heading in a completely different direction as a matter of oh, fact yeah. or at least so far it seems to be headed in that way uh that's red hood number 51 uh priced at 399 written by sean martin bro with art by tony atkins stefano gaudiano and paul mounts with letters by alw's troy patiri and the cover illustrated by dan mora now we had assumed that red hood was ending with Lubdell's run but we were mistaken Sean Martin bro seems to be ready to bring us a red hood that is ready to move on from his past. And he does it rather pointedly. The art also looks different from what we're used to seeing in a red hood book. And that's not a bad thing either as we get a distinct looking Jason Todd, not someone who does look like all the other Robins. Uh, Martin bro brings us his voice and his opinions with the opening panel from a news anchor referring to the Joker war as another unnecessary event now uh <laughs> taking place in the hill area of gotham which um as big of a gothamite as i am i just and i was racking my brain maybe it's just old age but uh, i don't remember this ever being mentioned before but in any case it's a secluded neighborhood in gotham that happened to suffer far less than any of the other neighborhoods during the joker war it seems as though a new vigilante dressed in what looks to be a solid mix between SWAT armor and football gear is taking care of the place. She's got a team, and she goes by the name of Strike. Um, I don't think it's ever explicitly stated that it's a female, but it's kind of drawn to allude that way. Um, allude to that. Uh, meanwhile, Jason is setting up shop in the neighborhood in one of his old hideouts that he hasn't been to in years um i think it mentions like over a decade we're getting a new starting place for jason's journey and we also get the new origin story for a new villain as well tommy max he has hired croc um as his main muscle and wants to make a play to be one of the big shots now tommy max is just uh uh he's a clothing designer but he seems tied into criminal organizations and now he's he doesn't want to work for him. He wants to run him. There's really no telling where all of this is headed, but I'm really happy to see a fresh approach in Red Hood. It's not the same thing over and over again. Everything we saw was brand new. Hopefully that means nothing but good things for the original black sheep of the Bat family. I enjoy Martin Bro's writing style, and I'm very curious to see where this is going. I, uh, I gave this one an 8 out of 10. What did you think about Red Hood 51, Anthony? Yeah, definitely. I get some time to get used to because I first saw him for a while. I was like, is this Bruce Wayne? I thought that was Bruce Wayne driving in a scarf to his new place because, as you said, this is a looks almost like it looks completely different from what we're used to. So that threw me off. Yeah, he because he, he doesn't look like Dick and Tim, right? 
No, yeah. Yeah, he does he just doesn't and he's he's normally drawn that way. So I'm kinda digging that he no longer does. Just looks a little bit like older, I feel like too. Yeah, yeah. They they did give him a little age with them whiskers and whatnot. Um, although I do like this new approach that we're um taking. I just want a little bit more to happen because this issue did take me a little, a little bit longer than I want to read it through. Not because like um it bored me at times just a little bit um with a lot of the dialogue. I think more like the mills set section with me with with our bad guys while they're doing like the deals. If I can, just, I guess this is issue first issue because so I want to set things up and all. Um, but the writing wasn't really doesn't have me like hyped for the next issue per se. Like the only has me excited is for this Red Hood and seeing who this like who obviously this like football player or this woman is who like. Is like shoulder pads, like almost like just like a robot version of a football play player. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like those are the two things that has me hyped for the next one. Um, yes, as um Killer Clock, who we saw last in Detective Comics, um, and Annual, I was it. Yeah, I believe so. Was it? Yeah. Um, just a little side story. Yeah. Other than that, I'm like. <sighs> It doesn't have me like hooped as I would like to be as we got in the um, Lovedale's first few issues, but can I give this a 6.5 out of 10? Hoping that next issue has me hooked to my seat. There, there is a lot of stuff that just um, because it's so fresh and so new, it almost mm-hmm. feels like it's hard to fall into. And... Um, I suppose that's why I have a hard time picking up new titles. Like if 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 it's a book that I've never heard of or seen of before, I, I I'm very likely to skip right over it unless there's something very striking about the the title that that grabs my attention. Um, so I can see where you're coming from with that for sure. Um, to my knowledge, Martin Bro is a uh, primarily an artist, or has been so far in his career. So it's interesting to see him take the reins as a writer. Oh wow! Um, uh, so um, maybe that's where the fresh perspective is coming from. But uh, there's a lot of seeds being planted here, and just oh, yeah. the fact that it's not the same old, same old that we've been seeing with Jason Todd—that alone has got me interested in seeing what's coming next um so uh i'm 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 into it i but i totally understand where your score is coming from because it feels as though like so far none of it really matters i guess i'm just a little bit more hopeful i am a red hood fan so that's where that comes from i guess um not trying to race to any conclusions but you know um I am very hopeful and racing. Uh, we have somebody who does that on the regular. Did you give us a uh, a score? Yeah, you gave us six five. Yeah, six point five out of ten. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and jump on over to the Flash seven sixty six now. Anthony's gonna tell us all about that one. What did you think? All right, we got Flash seven sixty six price tag at three nine nine. Written by Kevin Shinnick, art by Will Conrad and Hi Fi 
Lives by Steve Wands and covers by Bernard Chang and Marcelo Mayo. Does his last name wrong? Um, I honestly, I'm not sure how to say it, but I've always, okay. I've, I've been pronouncing it something similar, Mallow or, you know, I kind of tweak it every time. Because <laughs> uh, I know that few people, few creators, they're not a fan of when other people pronounce the first or last name wrong. Uh, I mean, I understand that, but uh, you know, it's. It's difficult. There's a lot of different mm-hmm. different ways to pronounce things out there, man. Oh, yeah. We're trying. <laughs> Feel free right, to so correct us. Th- yeah, that'd be nice. Um, so, in this issue, well, this is the conclusion of Shunik's first Flash story arc. It started out good, um, but last issue, it downed my hype just a little bit for the unbook. Shrink has doing a great job at showing us like a great Barry Allen. We had a great Barry Allen in the start of Orange's run, but later on, felt more of a sad depression of a Barry Allen. Thank you. I mean, I I hate to use the word, but he just seemed a little weak. You know, a little yeah. a little weak minded. Uh, I wasn't digging it either. I'm and so far, yeah, so far that's not we we have not been getting that um off of his run. Um, but let's hope that. He can, he can land the mark, and it'd be better than the last issue. That's for sure. Um, so we open up this issue with an amazing artwork on Flash running. Now this issue takes place right where it left off of. That's one of my issues with last. Well, I guess I'm, I guess I'm saying, saying what issue. That's my last. That was my gripe with the last issue was it didn't take place where right where it left off. This one does, however, as we see. Um. That as we see Desmond tries to get a grip of what's happening, he informs Barry that only way to stop all the madness is to free him from the other alchemy users to recreate the Philosopher's Stone. Which I don't know about you, but it just doesn't seem like a safe thing to do. Oh, yeah. And yeah, because even later on, Iris even like says, this seems a little bit sketchy. So what does he do? He heads to the Hall of Justice. Now, I do like how we do see um, John Stewart and how he does get off of he does help Barry get the camera off of his eye. It looks just like it looks just like a contact, which eh, okay makes sense. I still don't get like how Barry couldn't like feel that was in his eye because I've never had contacts, but I heard people from that have contacts. Is after a while that thing bugs the crap this ain't eye for too long. I mean, I've got contact lenses, and um, I mean, it it varies. My wife is sensitive; she's got to pop them out every single day. I can leave mine in for as long as I want to, um, and they don't bother me. But that's contact lenses. We're talking about cameras. I mean, there'd be weight, there'd be all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. It just seems odd. like I mentioned last time we covered this issue. That just seems a little, a little bit too wonky, a little bit too because comic yeah. books for me, you know. Ugh, but. Yeah, I feel like it could have done a little bit better. Like maybe somehow put it on his suit, something. But I don't know. But that being said, I don't like how Schneck was writing uh, the dialogue between John Stewart and Barry Allen because even when John Stewart's like, "Hey, mind if I help?" He's like, "No, I'm good." I'm like, oh, "Okay, sure." Way like your ego get in the way, which this is. I feel like this has been a running thing throughout this story arc. Is like. Barry, e- Barry Allen's ego is definitely something that he need, needs to check, okay? Because 
first he was saying how he's a better chemist and now like he doesn't need help. Yep. I'm not a fan of like the heroes saying that all better than you and all. Well, some of them I don't mind. Like Guy Gardner, that's his thing. Sure. But someone yeah, like the Flash. Guy Gardner, Guy Gardner, Booster Gold, the guys mm-hmm. that you expect to be boastful, Lobo. That's what you want to see out of those guys. That's what you crave to see out of those guys. But it seems very atypical to have it coming out of Barry Allen. You yeah. Know, w- Wally West. No, that would be something totally different. Barry Allen, he's, he's, that's, that's not him. Yeah. I'm like, this is someone that you work with, someone you trust. So I feel like you should have, like, yeah, sure. If you can help along, like, we can see some great development between like, a team up. That would be great. But we don't, which is unfortunately. So later on, we do see Barry Allen and Iris West talking to, um, well, Matt Magnus to get some information about the stone and, um, and how he did with, with, with how he made, like, the mailman. Now, we do see also as Barry is rushing through town, the town gets a little bit wonky. Alchemy shows up, and Barry sees how much pain and suffering um, Desmond has gone through. Um, as Alchemy puts liquid acid on the buildings, which... Yeah, he turns he turns them straight into liquid acid. Oh boy! Yeah, I mean that was like a big move. I was that threw me off. I didn't know that he's that much of a powerful chemist. Well, he he wasn't before, but he is now. I just I think that's I think it's interesting. But again, I mean, if he turned entire buildings into liquid, wouldn't they instantaneously just sploosh all over the ground, sending acid spiraling everywhere? How would they? stay up as buildings long enough for him to run around and through the acid come out unscathed and still save everyone which it shows him doing um it felt like okay yeah it it seemed just convenient i mean how do you i i don't understand he turned it into acid but we just see them like kind of some of them leaking acid Mm mm-hmm um, I mean, I guess, and then later on, we see buildings that look completely fine. So yeah, which was odd. It was a little out there. Because yeah, as also Barry is one trying to save people from the um, buildings. One of the buildings, like you do see that it just has it on the edges. So I feel that this is more more of a shock value, um, page than anything else. Now, as we see Liquid Acid was about to take down Barry, we see seeing that he actually built the Philosopher's Stone, so he used it to save himself. Which, the, next up, we see one of the two twists revealed in the issue. First up, we see that actually Desmond has actually been manipulating Barry, saying that, ha, huh, actually, nobody is controlling me. They actually have the powers of them all. And then that was just a brush us aside. Dun, like, dun, dun. Oh, yeah, I'm like, you know what? We see that on one page, and the next page, we see the next twist reveal. Like, it felt like just a forced reveal, saying, no, nah, it's like, I'm just manipulating you. Like, nothing about the other alchemists and all, like, you tell us, like, how you got the powers, per se. We found last issue that was changing up the DNA. But yeah, how much of that is actually was now true? I feel as a teacher again, at least in a, like, page or so to like go more onto it or at least a half a page 
Instead, after his one word bubble of him saying that he he got tricked, we get brushed that aside. And he, yeah, he's, he's stone. basically saying that you know they they weren't vying they weren't trying to control him they've been under his control the whole time so I mean big surprise somebody that you've never been able to trust who has an even bigger ego than you um, currently uh, lied to you and was actually the bad guy the whole time I mean I to be honest the way that it was written I'm not gonna lie I I I, I wasn't it didn't immediately tell me that he was gonna be the bad guy um i thought that there was a chance this is gonna be where flash saves one of the bad guys and you know i mean that that is a trope that flash does you know i mean he saves one of the bad guys and allows them to be good and all of that stuff so i kind of i kind of assumed that that was what was going on so to be honest with you i fell right into that and i didn't see the fact uh, i didn't see that um desmond was gonna be the the end all bad guy here so i didn't see that but um i do also agree that i feel like we should have gotten a little bit more of it rather Mm -hmm. than just literally one word bubble that does kind of brush it all aside yeah because like the next page we do see bear running and then desmond just turns to stone saying that now he used some, some big words which I'm like, oh, cool, sweet. So he's going to write Barry being small. But then I feel like he's doing a little bit of that too much in the issues. Saying, oh, I did this and this, and then this combined with this. And then you turn into one of that, touches that, it turns into stone. Which to me, sounds like whoever uses a stone turns you stone themselves. Yeah, well, I think I think the whole premise here was if you tried to absorb, if you tried to absorb the properties of, of any stone, uh, what he's saying here and and you know i'm no chemist so it could be scientifically true but if you're trying to absorb some of the properties of a stone you're going to absorb all of the properties of the stone and that's what ended up turning him into stone um again no chemist here so uh that 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 could be true uh but it seems again just convenient um the whole uh the whole story arc um featuring dr alchemy i would i I, the the premise is really good the premise is really good i enjoyed it um but i feel as though there were quite a few things that were just lazy story writing and i'm i'm not saying that as uh you know like i'm not trying to insult the guy but it just it seems as though we could have had you know things like liquid buildings i mean if you're gonna use that then make it make sense and don't just brush things away because again i mean i feel like the whole thing got brushed away with uh this isn't anything that barry did this is just something that he you know that realized that he realized and even if he would have never realized it according to the way that the the story goes it would have happened anyway barry the flash barry allen could have just very well never have existed or been off planet at some point and alchemy would have done everything that he did anyway and eventually turned into stone so i mean it just it seems a little inconsequential Mm. definitely the writing could be a little bit better um, and unfortunately, like, it did start out good and just slowly 
I'm hoping that he he just needs to find his right footing. Hopefully, next story arc we do get a little bit better because man, it's just has it just has a sour taste in my mouth from this issue and the last issue with just the events that are taking place. The uh, the art is just phenomenal. I'm not I'm not gonna knock the art. Uh, it's can. just. It, yeah, it does it looks really good for a flash book, man? Um, the flash books do usually look pretty darn good. In any case, this is no exception. Yeah, I mean, I gotta give this a six out of ten. Um, it is called the Rank, and later on we do find out why it is called the Rank. Might foreshadow a future wedding per se. Yeah, there's there's some hints dropped that we may uh. We may see Barry and Iris tying some knots, so to speak. Um, what did you say you gave this one? Six out of ten. I'm I'm giving you the exact same score here. Uh, all of the building blocks for a great story are here. The art is phenomenal. In addition to that, all of the great building blocks are here. Um, all of them. It's just it could have been handled a little better. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of that, I'm I'm giving it a six point uh, zero out of ten as well. Um, you got good basics, and just like Anthony said, I hope that uh, if you continue with the Flash run, we get to see you. Uh, we get to see you doing more, and, and 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 I have faith that Shannon could handle the Flash run. I just yeah. think we we I think we need uh, more time to flesh some things out here. Uh, I don't think that's beyond his talent. Not at all. And speaking of which, up next is Batman Beyond, number 49. Priced at $3.99, written by Dan Jurgens, with art by Paul Pelletier, Norm Ratmond, and Chris Sotomayor, with letters by Travis Lanham, and cover by Dan Mora. In part two of Cancelled by Yesterday, Jurgens continues his crazy triumph time-traveling story with Booster Gold in the Batman Beyond universe. With striking art and a decent pace throughout, the issue was a fairly enjoyable just-for-fun read. Having already traveled back in time, Terry and Booster Gold arrive before the original Batman shows up, ready to kick butt. Terry and Booster are there to take down Blank, a telepath who implanted the suggestion in Bruce Wayne's mind to attack his friends. In, uh, in 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 the Batman Beyond timeline, uh, resulting in the death of Matt, Terry's little brother. Um, again, Booster and Terry are back in time, and um, uh, Terry is busy saving his dad, that happens to be a kid at the time, and Batman and Booster are taking on Blank, who knocks Batman out pretty easily by throwing him into a wall. I thought that was... Um, a little weak as far as the mm-hmm. plot device goes or an yeah. event inside of a comic book. Um, but in any case, Terry shows up as Batman Beyond and becomes his new target. Working together, Terry, Booster, and Sweets take down Blank. Uh, back to the future, as they say. And we find out that the whole thing was made up just to make sure that Terry becomes Batman Beyond. Uh, Terry saving his dad makes... Uh, uh, Terry saving his dad's life makes Terry's dad grow up to be a great man who in turn raises a kid that grows up to be just as good as he is and eventually turns into Batman. Um, 
that seems a little <laughs> i mean it almost hate as, those uh, it's, it's yeah, too it's, like it seems as a, a little um like and, and you know i could be reading into this too much but it seems as though like batman is ensuring that terry becomes batman beyond um and it, it just seems like he's playing god so to speak yeah. you know he's like this 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 was all to to make sure that that that's what happened with terry uh if if his dad would have not survived that night terry would have never been born so there would be no batman beyond um i don't know about all that man <laughs> i mean there would have been somebody else to fill the shoes it just it seems a little creepy to control and manipulate somebody's life like that but whatever timey-wimey nonsense it was a fun read <laughs> Um, some of the dialogue choices were a little lacking, but other than that, I did enjoy it, man. Uh, I give this issue a seven out of 10. I think it might be the same with you. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. In my opinion, I think this story will work a little bit better. However, it was done like in an annual format where it was just one issue, a few more extra pages, um, just with, I, it's a real bum because when I first heard that about the story was coming out, I got excited. I'm like, oh, cool. They're going to meet. They're going to actually have some, maybe like some, some interesting interactions. That's one thing I loved about the, um, one new Batman Beyond or maybe a Stag Shock episode where some time stuff happens and we see one of them goes to the past, one of them goes to the future and they interact. So I got, I got a little bit hyped for that. But because they never like, met, and like it just is like, as you said, all like he needs to go back to get the suit to get the whole thing was just all confusing to me a little bit. Um, I enjoyed it. It, yeah, I guess a actually a six point point five out of ten. Like it's good. I just expected. That's the thing that when you have expect things, it ruins the score just a little bit, unfortunately. I thought it'd be a little bit more of a better story because how we said for how they defeat the villain very easily. I feel like. Yeah, I'm. I I feel like they did too. Um, like one punch base. Like we see the villain just t- like like overpowering them, and then just one punch. Essentially, this guy was a nobody, and he served ultimately no purpose, this blank guy. That's why we've never heard of him before, and probably why we'll never hear of him again, because they're really, the the whole thing, there was no reason to go back and do it. The the bad guy of the, of the arc, um, the bad guy of the arc had absolutely nothing to do with the story, really, other than serving as a plot device to make sure that Terry went back in time, saved his dad's life from that guy to make sure that Terry McGinnis could be Batman Beyond. It seemed a little odd. Um, manipulating, playing with the time there. Uh, but, um, I mean, I guess that's just what we do <laughs> with a Booster Gold story. It just seemed, I don't know, I, I fell off of it a little because of... It, it does seem as though the, the whole reason of the issue is to make sure that Terry became Batman Beyond and, you know, he's messing with his life at that point. And, but then again, he's also saving it. So, I mean, you know, pick which side of the coin you land on there, right? It feels like, it feels like this is an issue where, like, if you think more and more about it, 
you might not like it as much. I feel like if this is just an issue you just don't think about, you have a lot more of a better time beating it. Alright. Well, um, speaking of timey-wimey nonsense, we can go ahead and jump ahead into the future ourselves. We have Legion of Superheroes number 11 that we're going to be covering up next, and Anthony's going to walk us through that. Anthony, Legion of you, Superheroes, man. What'd you think? You got price tag at three nine nine. Michael Ben, Michael, Brian Michael Bennis does the script. Ryan Sook pencils, Wade Von Grabadger inks, Joy Bellair colors, David Sharp letters, and Ryan Sook does the cover. Now, I, I don't know what's up with Bendis and big heads and narration, but uh, man, enough is enough with this. It was just it's so it's too much information for one page to be doing. Like this is more words than you see on the previously on, the previously on page at Marvel. Yeah, we don't need a, this much. A, it is a lot of words, man. I will give you that. Now this issue really is not much happens as last issue. We were basically on four planets. About the same thing happens as well, where we're on a few um, planets and they all in the same way where disaster um, strikes. Whether um, you have a flying dragon come in, sure, why not? Yeah, um, and that yeah, just ends that. It's like we've got the we've got the 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 bigger characters of the Legion of Superheroes as a whole all broken off into these little tiny different teams, and um, they're all going through crap. Not as the Legion, but they're all they've mm -hmm. all got their own little um. Side I, 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 yeah. their own little interesting side stuff. I mean, these are storylines that could be pretty interesting, you know, um, handled individually. I and I'll give them that. Well, yeah, that's my issue. That's one thing I did not like about this issue because last issue I said before how each planet I got, I want, I got a little bit of tea. So I want to know more about those stories. Um, this issue, no, no, no. We just ditched those stories, and they all. And even quicker than I wanted with a disaster. So I didn't get much of a progression in the other stories that I wanted. Whether we have a flying dragon, we have somebody break in, we see another bad guy come out, and all the plants in Vimbar and Earth and Xanatooth. Wasn't that one of the bad guys? Yeah, wasn't it? Was that was that one of the bad guys in Superman books not too long ago? I feel like. Mm -hmm. Our yes. Zan. Oh yeah, that's why I'm like. Right. Which. Bar. That's what leads down to. I I hate when a because. Um, I was just gonna mention that in while my extra comics review for this week saying, a few issues ago we had the same cliffhanger, in two issues in a row. Same thing where we see John actually confronting Rogozar. That's how it ends. I'm like, okay, that's it. Well, this is a bit, this is a very short issue, like short page wise. However, a lot of dialogue. Um, a lot of dialogue. Um, it's just it. Some of it is not very interesting as others. I don't know what happened. Last issue, I got in, I got interested in the stuff, and this. Issue. He made me un. 
he made me uninterested in what's happening. I gotta give this one a five out of ten. I can I want to go lower, however I do enjoy the artwork. Like yeah, I wish I... we do see more from the other characters, but we don't, which is a shame. Like that's what sucks when you have a huge ensemble of characters. Do some like it's hard to get each of them. However, he does almost nothing with anybody in this issue. It seems as though okay, so overall, because we are on um issue number eleven of Legion of Superheroes. Um overall, since the very beginning of this run, um that's exactly what we've had. We've had very little done. We've had a lot of we've had a lot of words. Um we've had some we've had a lot of great art. Um but we haven't had a lot of story. There's just been moments. Um, this is it, it. It it it's crawling through things. It's rehashing things. Sometimes we go back and revisit things. Um, it seems a bit much at times. And overall, it just it doesn't feel. It 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 definitely doesn't feel like you're getting your money's worth because nothing happens. No. Um, but uh, that was up until this issue. No, I'm I'm not flipping my coin on Brian Michael Bendis. Don't think I'm doing that. Um, there is still a lot of heavy dialogue. This takes longer than any other 23 or so page book to read. Um, but it's gorgeous when you flip through the pages, man. Uh, Ryan Sook can draw anything, anytime. I'm totally good with that. Um, the the This is probably the first issue from legion that brian michael bendis has written where i at least felt like i had something to grab onto story-wise there's a lot of uh there's a lot of stuff happening here um that said that that very well could also mean that um it's going to take forever to address all of these things i mean dr fate just disintegrated into into nothing like um all of a sudden thorn is back we've just got a lot of a, a lot of stuff going on they're trying to um the, uh, essentially they want to uh scan everything that's going on with the gold lantern ring and they're asking him questions that bring a lot of things to mind um there's so much that's going on again and then again with the very last page that's flash page with rogos are we've got we've just got so much stuff going on now um i feel like Throughout the last 11 issues, we definitely should have seen this stuff popping off um, throughout the course of the last 11 issues and starting to work towards a, cul a culmination of, of, you know, wrapping things up by this point with these things. Um, because the ideas presented in this book, the storylines presented in this book could be could be really good um, with with everything that's going on there. Uh that said, it's 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 a lot of book all smushed into a very small amount of pages. So, like Anthony said, we don't get to explore a lot of them. They're just oh, little yeah. seeds planted. And eleven issues into a series, it feels a little late to be amping up the the game, especially when um, the last thing that we see on the page is the caption "to be concluded." Which um, do we know if Legion of Superheroes is wrapping up? Are we all done prior no. to Endless Winter? Is this picking up after Future State? I believe so. Yeah. All right. So hopefully that the "to be concluded," which I, I don't know, Maybe the story arc. 
hopefully that's talking about the story arc or it could just be talking about brian michael bendis's time on legion of superheroes because or do we know who's producing legion after futures no clue yet i don't think the march solutions have come out yet um just the one for the future state yeah i've seen which i could be wrong but i believe it's your favorite team of Bendis and Riley Vosmo. Oh no. Oh, is that oh I oh man, now I seem to remember. Cause I know that they are on one book together. I thought this is his only book. Uh, no, that, that that they they are handling that for future state. That I'm I'm pretty certain of. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully that's what that was the big project. <laughs> that he was talking about a couple of months ago saying that that's what he had to drop everything for was future state. But, um, it seems like that this book you're handling those all... by the way, Oh yeah. <laughs> or maybe, 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 maybe we'll put it on read. He's not here to defend yeah. himself and he kind of likes Raleigh Rosmo's work. He does. He's, kinda, so he's not, he, you know, he, he, yeah, he's all right. He'll, he'll, it seems, like, it seems like this <laughs> book should have two or three more other books out as well. Because there's so much to explore with the Legion that it's not enough for only like one issue. But like the okay, Doctor Fate, Gold Lantern, those are characters that could very well and and if handled correctly, um, very well, uh, at least support their own six issue mini. If um John and have John and what's the um Irma. Um, so I'm go have a six issue many at least have like them be like uh, the power couple of the future have them that's, like um do stuff. I'd, I'd be more into that than a than a Batman romance right now. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know what? You could do so much with it with the whole roster that I'm very shocked that they don't. Now, speaking of the whole roster, um, this last page here, uh, where we get Rogel Czar and John Kent. Um, meeting for the second time, right? Did did they meet or did we just see Rogozar last time? I think we just saw Rogozar. We, we only saw him meet. Yeah, we only All right. saw. Alright, so uh, John and Rogel are meeting now and we, I mean, look at the roster that's laying at his feet. Um, uh, some of them are broken and beaten and, I mean, not quite torn in half, but they are definitely not at natural angles. Um, <laughs> they, uh, it looks as though Rogel Czar has knocked the living hell out of the entire Legion of Superheroes. Dang. That's what yeah, I'm there's saying. a lot of them, too. I mean, of course, it's, I mean, I see Karate Kid in there. Um, who's that dude with the star on his chest? The Wildfire, um, Cosmic Boy. I mean, all Cosmic of them. Boy? Dang. It just, I'm, I'm, I'm confused as to the chase. I'm trying to figure out who it is that he's holding in his hand. I think that's Brainiac. I feel like there's no way they should all be able to be defeated by him. Dreamers there, or or Dream Girl, or whatever her name is. I mean, so many of them are are there and just defeated. And I, so, um, I'm I'm looking really hard for Monel. <laughs> Speaking of Monel, you know, how much do you know him about anywhere. him? Um, I Did would say casual him? knowledge. Has he always been like 
a relative. Have you, has he always been a grand great great grandson? I thought he they gave him that L as a. I thought he was from a different planet. If I'm not mistaken, was he original? See, I don't know. Um, Mino was never a character that I really heavily followed. Now, I, 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 and for a while, I watched the Supergirl show. That's why you know and, the point. And is. and I'm wondering if if um, I'm not confusing that with that knowledge, you know, from that show where he was a Daxamite and that's all he was, or you know, I'm not, so I'm not I'm not 100 positive. I'm not I'm not sure of Minel's lineage. Um, I when I know he wasn't I know, one of them. I know when Glenn Clark listens to this episode, he'll holler back at us and let us know. So do that, yes. Glenn. Um, that's our that's our resident Superman expert. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll let us know. But as as far as me myself, I've I'm not a hundred percent sure. I thought he was a Daxamite, and that was that was like an honorary title that was given to him. But again, I could be completely wrong. Yeah, because I thought I looked it up like a long time ago, saying that he like saying that he was not from Krypton at all. Um, so they gave him a DL to it to, 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 because he, he like owned it. He wasn't a legit L. So when he said right. that he was a great, great, great grandson of both Superman and of John, I'm like, wait, what? I felt so confused. I'm like, am I lost? Did they retcon it? And how is Lord God still alive? Uh, I you, th- that's a darn good question, but with Brian Michael Bendis, I mean writing you you've just got to expect that anything is possible and that he, I mean he can undo retcon do whatever he wants whatever you know I mean vocals are the destruction of Krypton you know I mean he he but, he does whatever the hell he wants so it's hard to keep track of it. It's just so like it sucks that like. He's the one that's on the book. Like we don't get any other writer because, like, I do love the team. I enjoy the show, enjoy past runs. Just not satisfying what we're getting. Like, like the story no. is just a slap in the face. For like, you know, I mean, if it's gonna continue and we do have him um, at the helm after Future State of Legion of Superheroes, I hope that uh, you know who whoever. Whoever is writing it, if it's him or somebody else, I hope that they just they take the time to flesh these stories out and really give us something. I think a lot of good story ideas. Again, I think a lot of good story ideas were planted in this issue. I mm-hmm. just um, at this point in time, I don't have a whole lot of confidence that they'll be brought to fruition in a satisfying way. Well, even last year's issue where we got a little bit more pages, but we like we got the four four planets, but yet we got more information. I feel like this is like more of a downgrade from last issue where we got same planets, but yet less pages, less information, just a bad, like a bad guy right to like within like a couple of pages. Like, okay, we're going to rush to the um, bad guy. So I have no interest at all in the planets due to this issue. I enjoyed them last issue, but this issue, I'm like, it's too fast for me to care. I'm with you. I got you. And I totally get where you're coming from. What did you end up giving this one, Anthony? A five out of ten. A five out of ten. I, I'm gonna. Uh, maybe it's just I'm trying to be in a positive mood, but I'm Ooh. gonna give this one a six out of ten. Um, wow. You know, uh, c- carrying the hopeful streak that I've had with me throughout the first half of this, even in some books that I thought were, 
a little less than stellar. Um, that said, like I, like I mentioned, I think there's a lot of good possibilities that were planted here. And I'm being hopeful that they flesh out that Rogelzar and John fighting isn't the only thing we're going to see and that we'll actually see and have answers for everything that happened to everyone in these little subplots with Dr. Fate, Gold Lantern, and more. Uh, yep, so I am going to wrap that up with a 6 out of 10. And that concludes the first half of our podcast. We will be back with the second half, and Reed will be joining us then. We'll be going over the remainder of the issues, starting off with Suicide Squad 11, Wonder Woman 767, Action Comics 1027, Justice League Dark 28, and Death Metal, The Multiverse Who Laughs. We'll be right back after these messages. And we're back. And as promised, Reed is with us for the second half of the show. Say hi, Reed. Hey, everybody. How's it going? And we're going to kick things off right out the door with Suicide Squad number 11, priced at $3.99, written by Tom Taylor with art by Bruno Redondo and Andy Adriano Lucas, with letters by Wes Abbott and the cover by Redondo and Lucas. Issue 11 of Taylor, Redondo, and Lucas' run on Suicide Squad brings the art to an all-strings-tied-up conclusion. That's the mildest way for, for me to put it. Um, what we have here is the climactic ending to what this reader now considers to be the best-written Suicide Squad arc ever. And that's really saying something mm -hmm. when it comes to the Suicide Squad. They've had some really loser story arcs but they've had some good ones too this i think in my opinion is better than all of the rest of them from start to finish um hang on to something kids because this one is one of a ride in the one panel shared by dc comics and tom taylor on twitter we start out in a morgue they 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 uh they broadcast that and said every other panel is a spoiler they really weren't lying um uh somebody is not quite so dead anymore thanks to being half god as it turns out, the black racer of the new gods is Gog's dad. Did not see that coming. That was pretty cool. And, um, I mean, that was... There were never any seeds planted, but I don't really need there to be. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only, the only thing cooler is Jog's response to finding out that he's half god. Okay, 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 whatever. Yeah, he's like, oh, wow, cool. Um, I got stuff to do today, man. Right, he's like, thanks, dude, but I'm going to pass on hanging out with the guys. I got to do. I will holler at you later, though. <laughs> I got I to gotta holler at my boy. I love Jog, and I love his his little tummy when he suits up, his little, his little belly. <laughs> this, guy, oh, wow. this guy is top tier. He really is. He's awesome. I do like Jog. Um, so after he turns down his father's offer to join him among the gods, he races off to help his teammates. And it's a good thing that he can because he essentially saves the day. Zebraman is having trouble holding on to the force field that's containing the currently exploding TNT's twin sister Lola. Um, no longer held back by his mortal coil. Jog doesn't have the limitations he used to. He's faster, he can run farther, he's he's not held to little bursts of speed. Um, he's able to save Zebra Man because he can outrun the explosion. Uh, the Justice League shows up 
just in time right after that to save Black Mask, who um, maybe we should start calling Roman now because he definitely doesn't have a mask anymore. Um, just he needs one, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he definitely yeah, needs one. Yeah, his face is messed up. Uh, a little Freddy-ish, a little Freddy Krueger-ish, Nightmare on Elm Street kind of burn thing going on there. Um, also, what do you call it when you have a limp in both legs? Right? <laughs> That's a good question. What do you call it? Probably my favorite sequence in this, and and one of my favorite sequences in this thing is is that pop, uh, <laughs> yep, the double bangs. That that oh, shit God. was awesome. Uh, the Justice League shows up just in time to save uh, Black Mask from the plan that they had, which was the whole team is going to shoot him at the same time. Um, <laughs> so Harley says no, and then Osita says no, and uh, by saying no, they pop him in each one of his legs. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, Batman isn't just satisfied with being able to take in the Black Mask. He also wants to take in the Suicide Squad. Now, being in Badesia, he doesn't have American authority or the American government backing him up. That means Justice League has to play with politics here, and uh, um. The, we all know the president of Badesia is actually the Ares' mom. So good luck with that, Justice League. Um, they show up and they get an amazing dressing down from the president of Badesia. I thought that was awesome. She tore Batman a new one. <laughs> I enjoyed that a lot of it. Uh, Badesia lady. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, um, so the JL leave with just Black Mask, and that's just the beginning of the issue. Harley leaves the team too, but for a great reason, and giving her character the treatment uh, she deserves. We see her with Deadshot's daughter, and it's not comedic. It's not, hey, kid, you know, sorry, your dad's gone. Here's his mask type of thing. She's genuinely being the Harley that we know she can be, you know, um, the kind of Harley that I like to see her written as where she's she's goofy, she's still talking like Harley, but she's smart, and she's becoming a good person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that that was a great uh, moment in the book. Um, now, the rest of the team are off focusing on the next mission, which is essentially killing the Suicide Squad. They have gathered up several people. All of these people are uh, responsible for helping to finance, support, manipulate, and more with the task force. Uh, they've, they're associated in some way. Either they've supported it or they've used them. And uh, they they kidnap them all. They tie them all up in a room. And uh, they let them all know, look, guys, this is, uh, this is, this is it. We could kill you. The vote was very close as to whether or not we were going to kill you or not. But we're not. We're not going to kill you. However, look, uh, if anything ever happens to any of us, everything, every dirty little deed that you have ever done in your entire life will be shared, not just with the news media, but first with your family. Mm -hmm. So we own you now. And with that, they do kind of essentially kill the Suicide Squad. Um. So the team takes off and leaves out as a group. We see the Airy, Wink, Finn, Deadly Six, Osita, TNT, Zebra Man, Jog, Chaos Kitten, and Thysaline 
all walking away and underneath them in huge letters is the title the revolutionaries could this indeed be the very end of the suicide squad for good that's interesting will we see a new book titled the revolutionaries that's way more than interesting (laughs) i'm gonna be honest folks uh this may be my very favorite dc comics story arc of the entire year oh um and that i mean obviously not out of just suicide squad but uh, out of every title dc comics has released uh what an incredible ending to such an incredible arc uh, I gave this, I gave this book, I, I, I even asked my wife to read through it and tell, I was like, find me something, find me something, please. And I couldn't, I gave this a 10 out of 10. Wow. <laughs> yeah, me and me and Tony had talked, me and Anthony had talked about this before and he doesn't feel quite so strongly as I do with this okay. issue. <sighs> Where are you guys at with it? Yeah. Well, Anthony, let's go to you then. I wish this was like, this was like a basic number page issue, like 22. However, due to it being the final issue, and only issue 11, I wish there was like a 32 or 28 um, page comic. I just want a little bit more in the beginning. Because I feel like we got, I feel like we ended last issue on a big moment with the explosion. And like, I feel like that got resolved pretty fast no pun intended for a jog and all but um that that really got resolved <laughs> way too fast i feel like it was like about good like well i mean so. honestly okay so here here's where he gets away with this and it granted it it's we haven't had we've we've had such an intense story that at first we 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 didn't know a whole bunch about mm-hmm. who any of these people were and we were immediately drawn in by their personalities and the crap that everybody was going on with. So we started liking the characters for who they were. We didn't know crap about their backstory. We got a little bit about the Aerie. We got a little bit about Wink and the TN twins. But that's it. So we did have a lot of open windows for him to explore or use later. He And I mean, for an 11-issue arc... I think it was stretched out enough and the action and the story was cohesive enough that it, it, it's okay for me to just have you slide that in there at the end. Is it a little convenient? Yes. But is it appropriate? Yeah, I think so. Speaking about knowing the characters, the, I think another complaint I've had the whole, as much as I do love all the issues, well, my biggest complaint has been we have a few characters who we don't really know much about. Uh, well, yeah, that's one well, of you. I wish I wish we got more information on those characters instead of having like one, two lines at the most, maybe a like me a cameo scene in a in their book, because we always get the same characters being a headlined. But other than that, um, I enjoyed the issue. It was great. Uh, and all the other sections, I feel like that they were just like there's well done with how many pages and how much time that they got to be like shown highlighted. The Holly and, um, what's the daughter's name? Crap. Um, Zoe. Zoe, thank you. Um, that or was, live shot. La, I'm going with live. Much better. <laughs> I, that was enough. Well done. Um, the whole scene with them having a party. One page. That's enough. 
with the Justice League, about two pages again, that's enough. My own complaint again is just, we, I wish we got more, uh, for example, Chaos Kid and the um, beginning section. I wish we got a little bit more page time. Other than that, I gotta give this a 8.5 out of 10. 8.5 out of 10. Still not bad, okay, but definitely not feeling a 10 out of 10. <laughs> Hey, real quick, because you mentioned in, in between your guys, I just, real quick, what do you guys think the chances are of this? Okay, so Harley has departed the team. Mm-hmm. The team, the new team, as it's presented, is the revolutionaries, and we saw them all standing above those giant words. So mm-hmm. Harley's not in that book anymore, right? Can we agree right. on that? the likelihood of that? Yeah, yeah, and she one basically book. says as much, too. All right, so we kind of sort of had a little setup for live shot. Given that Harley is kind of taking on a Bat Family persona, what do you think? I don't know about adopter, but maybe at the very least some sort of like role model, inspire her, allow her to be a sidekick kind of thing. Harley Quinn and live shot. Yes, I want. It don't even sound bad. What? it also it mirrors kind of the I know people weren't super into it, but the the vibe of the uh, Birds of Prey movie I thought that was kind of the best yeah. vibe pairing Harley with a kid is mm-hmm. great because you're throwing a lot of like Harley's childish behavior up against an actual child, and it it has it like kind of I, I don't know that's an interesting um, while while still being able to pull out her training yes. and her intelligence when it's required mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it, well, it, it has a good like it's, chemistry it's, yeah because it's delicate it has a nice that. flip because a lot of times you'll play the 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 teen or the ch- the kid there will be more self-serious when she's being you know zany and then have to see you know get to see Harley acting like the badass that she is you know so you get to, like both sides of that yes. it, and you get to see through the kids eyes like oh my god this like this person is absolutely ridiculous but uh it, i think it works very well uh when balanced up against uh, uh a kid harley's harley's best when she's teamed up with yes. someone yeah i agree with that her my my her, probably i think the the biggest missed opportunity as of late with harley quinn was when she was po- paired with poison ivy they could have done so mm-hmm. much with that and I mean, there were good ideas sprinkled in there, but then it was just the wrong creative team that was penning that particular title. Well, uh, her solo book, and I saw a rebirth, I picked up and all, a few issues, and I dropped it. And then recently, I went back on um, either my Hoopla app or on DC Universe and revisited the series to wonder why did I drop it, maybe I missed something. And man, it was just so goofy. It was just in a horrible way. At least with this idea, the Zoe and Holine. It'll be a lot. It will ground her a little bit more. It won't be as too silly and too like eye rollingly. So yeah, I want this idea to be a legit thing. Either it's like a five or six issue many at least. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. disappointed to see them break up with, uh, break up Harley and Poison Ivy. Not How that I necessarily that? feel like I have them shipping. They don't have to be together, but I I feel like they kind of should be. You know, it's just when I think of Harley's significant other, I think of poison ivy um i don't think of poison ivy with kite man and i certainly don't think of harley quinn with booster gold i just don't i mean i think it's good as like to like have a throw around other people per se not trying to make but hopefully like the next person they do is if they do another female 
hopefully it's not poison show us with someone else a little bit because like all the other characters in dc they've always had multiple other um exes no i don't know about that i mean we've got you've got your 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 kind of you're basically your famous pennies batman um is probably the worst one uh when it comes to what you're talking about he's kind of sprinkled everywhere but um he's i mean damn he's dated a lot of people um but, i mean Dick you know, you've got uh Dick grayson has the, well okay so the bat stay, dudes, a lot of people. stay away from the guys from gotham she's an honorary bat okay dude. she is an honorary bat dude okay you might have just won again, that argument. I think that's kind of why they stay. They she's there. I think so. It, to your point, you're saying is this the end of Suicide Squad? I don't think this is the end of Suicide Squad. I think that that this is more of a spin into Revolutionaries because I don't know if you guys noticed, and I think this is a really interesting design choice. The credits and the title of the episode uh, of the issue are on the very last page. Right. So this like it seems this this last bit of Suicide Squad is more a prequel really of Revolutionaries because that's when the title hits. They walk out and boom, Revolutionaries. Um That's what I'm hoping for. We don't have anything that solidifies that yet, but I'm definitely seeing that. No, I I just that's I that's a pretty solid tease. Well also it's, don't it's a that. pretty solid team as well and yeah. Let's admit it, even if we don't know much about some of these characters now, we know enough about them that we're definitely interested in would read that book, giving us a chance to learn even more. We don't need Harley Quinn or Deadshot or Captain Boomerang on the Suicide Squad anymore. We don't we don't need them. We can just move forward with these revolutionaries. Don't also Future State is a Suicide Squad book. Oh, it does too, doesn't it? Hmm. And um, don't but that's five years in the, the future. Kind kind of Kent. Yeah, I'm confused by a bunch of those stories. Same. Um, Reed, like, did we um, hear what you thought about Suicide Squad ultimately? Uh, we didn't, but um, I'm I'm right with you guys. I, I really enjoyed this book. It went by really fast. Um, I'm interested in, into the whole uh, Black Racer Jog thing. That's a that's a really great toss up for some for some storylines later. Uh, the the scene where they shoot. Um, where they shoot Black Mask is one of the best things I've seen Hilarious. in comics in a long time. I haven't laughed, literally laughed out loud at a book before. Uh, when she shoots him and Green, Lan- or, uh, Green Arrow says, hey! <laughs> yeah. And she's dropping the gun. It's just like, it's it's pitch perfect. Uh, Tom Taylor knows exactly what he's doing. Um, this, is a, this is a great book. With uh, every I'll- character. Yeah, I'll, I'll give this one. Um, I'm just gonna give this one a nine out of ten. It's it's, okay, it's an incredible okay. work. Very cool. Awesome. And uh, the thing I like about it the most is that it, it gives us a lot to think about, a lot to wonder. Ha, Badumtis. Read. You want to go ahead and lead us over into Wonder Woman seven sixty seven, priced at three ninety nine, written by Mariko Tamaki, with art by Rafa Sandoval, Jordi Tarragona, and Arif Prianto. With letters by Pat Brozo and covers by Mark, or excuse me, David Marquez. What happened in Wonder Woman? Absolutely. Real quick before I get started, I just want to say you mentioned the cover. Yeah. The, the cover on this book. Wow. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that was if probably could, I, if I'm the rating best the cover part of alone, the book. That's like nine point five out of ten. This is yeah. this is everything you want to see on a cover. It's cool. It shows them fighting. Uh, and there's no just extraneous business thrown on there. Pretty cool. So, yep. 
we start inside Count Vertigo's abandoned castle with Wonder Woman wandering the halls, uh, rubbing her eyes a little bit, uh, shaking off the last of Vertigo's effects. Um, she's just defeated uh, Vertigo and his army, and in that intervening time, unfortunately, while she was distracted, Max Lord got a hand on his uh, purloined tech and given himself a very serious upgrade. Um, yeah, who didn't see that coming? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, what we do get to see real quick uh, is a flashback um, to the day of Max's father's funeral, uh, and we see that he has a very mean mom, um, and that his life is very hard being very rich with a very mean mom. Uh, right. So that's why he hates superheroes, guys. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. I, I mean, I guess I, I, I'm pretty. I thought I was pretty familiar with Maxwell Lord, but I can't remember ever getting a peek into his childhood. Um, I can't say that this necessarily explains why he's such an absolute. But yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. rich I people mean, problems, right? I mm-hmm. guess. I guess he's got a skewed thing. So I mean, it was a bummer of a scene, but like, my dude, you you hypnotized a lady and jumped her, up, made her jump off of a building just to prove a point. <laughs> right. So like, <laughs> we there's I think there's some more issues involved. Regardless, Diana hears a call for help in the castle and rushes into the throne room to find um, Maxwell uh, Lord's daughter. Was it uh, Emma, I want to say? Emma, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The original owner of the bunny. Ah. Oh, okay. I was was, going to ask about that later. Um, But she's tied up. It turns out her father turned on her. um, And as uh, she approaches closer and is lured in, um, the tables have turned. It's a twist, and um, Emma's got her by the throat, and then it's a double twist. She's got herself by the throat. Uh, I really like this scene uh, briefly because as soon as you walk in, it's a, a neat little detail. She's rubbing her eyes and stuff, but as soon as she enters the doorway, on the top panel, you can see there is a flash on her eyes, and right as Emma grabs her throat, you can see the flash again. So you're giving a little hint that uh, Maxwell Lord has actually had some illusion going on. Yeah, something's Uh, going on for her. Yes, she's not fooled long. She figures it out straight away that it's really Max Lord pulling the strings and making her choke herself, which would normally be enough to break free of his suggestive nature. But since his upgrade, um, she's still in trouble. He's a little peeved at her because I guess she did kill him and break his neck pretty good. Um, so I, in I think a different he's... timeline. Yeah, I guess that's true. Is it? Is that like kind of like? <laughs> yeah. Is that like hooking up with someone in a different area code? Like it doesn't count if it was in a previous timeline. I think if it's in a different timeline, it's even more leeway because I'm not a big fan of the area code rule. <laughs> but I get where you're coming from. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so, uh, she realizes she's still un- under his control, but she can't do anything about it. Um, so he commands her to pick up her sword, and in a extremely specific command that only a supervillain would ever say, he tells her to bury your blade in your flesh, uh, which she does, <laughs> and stabs herself pretty good, and it's a very cool scene. You see the shadow of her stabbing herself. Uh, Bushido style or, or uh, Harikari style and yeah. she falls down dead, uh, uh, apparently dead on the ground 
he collapses into the throne and relaxes, which whoops the doof shouldn't have done because she's fine. It's totally fine. He, she got you on a technicality to, that she buried the blade in her chest and she just gave herself a little cut on her armpit. <laughs> which I, I do I do like and I remember when I read through it the first time I saw like the stab and then she was on the ground and I the, I, I was confused I was like well okay if she stabbed herself she put the sword down the, the sword is not like impaling her it's in a different place so she stabbed herself and then pulled it out I was like well that's pretty weird and then it was like ah yes I just stuck it on <laughs> she did she did like an old vaudeville trick and just stuck it under her arm which is pretty good Actually, I mean, it, it she, okay, so the blood comes from somewhere, and we do <laughs> see like the sound of it going through. But I think she what she them. did was she used her knowledge and her will to stab her in a place where she would be the least affected. Do you see what <sighs> I'm saying? That's what I kinda... that's where I came from with it. She does a little, they do a little like flashy back, and she says, uh, You told me to stab myself, and I did. Uh, as long as oh uh, oh yeah so oh ah okay so that's the I wasn't with you I didn't turn the page <laughs> yeah because you know he was he's doing this whole lies thing and I I just I do think that that's really clever even more so that he is she knows that he is such he has such a giant ego that as soon as he he would just assume that he has won and she could use that to advantage to get uh, a second to gain her feet. Uh, and when she does, I gotta say the the panel that the splash page they 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 give her a full splash to do a very good hero pose. Um, um, there's blood on the on the sword. She's I guess standing up with such force that she's breaking the ground. The rocks are flying up. It's very cool. Um, and it kind of starts a, a a a fight scene where he's using his mental powers to try to smush her into the ground and she's just using like you said her sheer will to combat him and march forward little by little um and then whether he's from exhaustion or wonder woman just gets in his head eventually she gets close enough to just totally lay him out in a another very satisfying uh splash page uh yeah that was pretty sick um, she gets him real good. Yeah, I, how how how? I mean, look what he does to the floor landing yeah. with her punch. How in the <laughs> does he even get up from that? Right, he's wrecked. In this sequence, this battle here did did anyone else get like some extreme like Dragon Ball Z vibes going on? A little bit. I definitely felt there was a lot of floor crunching going on. It did feel a little Goku to me, my friend. Um, well, I, I, I was I'm thinking. At that I'm, I'm sitting wondering. there. I, I'm reading it, and I'm like, jeez, dude, she's giving his grandchildren concussions. <laughs> <laughs> his head should have definitely exploded. Now, here's here's an interesting thing to think about. So he's using his power of suggestion to make her believe that she's extremely heavy, I guess, or to, to, to stop. But how that affect is... the actual, like, how would that actually affect the actual, like, ground, though? Aha, uh-huh. well, this is, here's what I'm saying, is... Is it suggesting it to her so that she is actually pushing herself into the ground because he is putting that suggestion that she's very heavy into her head? That's what I'm thinking. Um, that Okay, so just is going from a mind control perspective, her. you're taking mind control of somebody so you do have at least some control over their will. 
Now, obviously, she's battling that as she's stepping forward. Right. Of the will. So she's being commanded to do so. She's being told to not move. So Mm -hmm. she is pushing against Mm. it, moving against the force of keeping her in place. So it's almost like impossible physics going on here. Yes, she's an unstoppable force moving itself. Exactly. Which, you know, I mean, going back, reading and talking about it, I enjoy the action sequence much more this time. Uh, You know, I I was really harsh on the last book, and I don't know what is different and what makes it more compelling, this this issue a lot more compelling, but I I really, maybe it was the art, I mean, because every shot of Wonder Woman is like a, a, a love letter to this character. I mean, her hair is like flowing in these locks, she's got this sword, it's got blood on it and rocks and stuff. I... It, there's a lot. There's not a lot happening per se, but it feels you. You really kind of feel the action. Yeah, I'll give you that much. So uh, after that, um, eventually, you know, I guess the military. Someone comes and gets Maxwell Lord. Um, they lock him up, and and what I assume is that, I guess, is he wearing that um, suicide squad thing that makes his blood really thin if he tries to use his power or something. No, he, that, well, that that's 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 a side effect that's supposed to always happen when he tries uh, to okay. push uh, mm. thoughts on a big level. Because I saw they put him in like a weird kind of harness thing. I was wondering if that was the same thing from before. Um, we do get a great scene. Uh, I really loved seeing like Diana and like just kicking it uh, on the couch with her with her army friend. Um, Edda? like in Dandy. street clothes. Uh, that was really. I I love seeing that. That's just a lot of fun. I love the I love that character's name. Edda Candy. Edda Candy. <laughs> I don't know what it is about it, but I love that character's name. Yeah, it's very cool. I like her, I like her little little tuft of hair. Very 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 fun. Um, speaking of uh, things that are uh, kind of fun, um, we're taking Maxwell Lord. We see him um, hustled off to his new fancy accommodations that will. Uh, contain him and his fancy powers um they hadn't they sh- probably shouldn't have bothered though because seconds after they close his door uh he gets a quick stab in the chest um from his daughter emma and her last words long live the king uh, or not <laughs> liar liar up next um Overall, I had a really, I had a pretty good time with this book. Um, it went by pretty fast. Like the pages were good. This it was nice and splashy. Um, it's just an overall good time. It's a much improved from last issue. Certainly, uh, I give this one a seven point five out of ten. Now, what is she wearing at the like last page? Like how she had a. I was wondering that myself. I thought that um, I'm not super familiar with with that character. I thought that might maybe she had like that uh, power, you, like that one X Man. You armor. jumped in at her introduction. Aha. Okay. But doesn't so, she have the same powers as he'd have? Um, kind of. But she remember we saw a we saw her um use her psychic powers in a different way before that nothing ever came of when she turned Mulani into that giant bunny beast. So perhaps But how do you know that's not, how do you not know that that bunny is more than a bunny? Maybe no, she it, didn't it do could that. it could be she obviously has a psychic connection with the bunny. I'm the bunny I'm getting that get from 
um, while she's over there killing Max, killing her dad or stabbing her dad at the very least, um, you know, and suiting up in psychic armor, Milani's coming out of his cage and trying to trying to leave Wonder Woman's house. Notice when the rabbit scratches, the background color is pink. Pink. That's yeah, very true. Um, and that's obviously the same her color of the armor. Yeah. Yeah, her. That's her psychic push dialogue color that's yeah. her armor that's her beast bunny stuff that's the color oh, of the eyes right. when people push or when oh, she pushes perfect that's very cool yeah well i guess so, she looks like she's upgraded too um well, it look, looks let's, like let's see where that goes yeah so let's see where that goes um what did you guys uh have what did you guys think about this one i thought it was a i thought it was a decent story i thought it um i think some of the dialogue choices probably could have been a little bit better early on in the book um as that once we got to about the halfway point it was all action and interest for me and i just had a fun page turner time you know um i'm right there with you the art throughout is fantastic um there's only a couple pages where i don't like diana's face um where she looks uh like really super super young when she's uh wiping her eyes clear and there's a, a <laughs> she just looks like no, a she, toddler with a little yeah, she looks like eye. she might be six years old yeah. um and then that. there's this other deal uh um <laughs> okay so right after she starts grabbing her neck and we got that half page splash of her grabbing her neck if you flip the page and she's grabbing herself with two arms Go two panels underneath that and tell me what is going on with Maxwell Lord's neck. My guess is how much power he has to use. Uh, right, but I mean, that doesn't even look like veins popping out, dude. That looks like some kind of chain mail scarring going on or some crap. I mean, <laughs> I just, it, did, so, it did kind of stand out. I was like, oh, I guess he got like burned up or something. I don't, I missed that. Okay. Yeah, I it missed that too. So there's just a couple of, a couple, like, Poor dialogue choices early on, a couple poor art choices throughout, um, but not many. I had a good time, and overall, it was pretty good. I gave it a 7 out of 10, man. Where were you at, Anthony? Another one thing I asked about. Go back to um, like page right. 6 or so, where like, you see Emma, well, what we assume is Emma is talking to her. Why does her chair light up? Why does her? Uh, yeah, I, I was wondering if that's the illusion breaking or something. When she, when Max, his his illusion breaks. Although I believe it might just be just like a little, a, a fun little flare because in her hero pose, it kind of like glints. Glows up too. Yeah, I think it might. That might just be some style stuff, or but her eyes glow that same gold color in like the panel before. So I don't know. Yeah, this it, it just. That's that's kind of like, and I'm nitpicking here when I'm doing it, but it, it's just so, again some poor art choices. There was just you know, it stay in order to carry that color through and give it meaning. Either just use it as accent pieces or stay with the color trend, like we saw yeah. with the pink and liar liar. That was done well. The gold stuff throughout, not so much. But uh, anyway, overall, what did you think, Anthony? No, I give this a. Highest I can go is a seven out of ten. Um, I do enjoy the later half of the story. I like how um how Diana was able to trick Maxwell Lord. However, I feel like 
him turning full on heel. A character like himself, and he only got like half, like he was defeated, like very defeated, like kind of quickly. I feel like I wish he got at least one more issue because stuff happened fast in this issue. I agree. Um, it did. And it does seem like this overall story arc is supposed to be put like the daughter being the big bad. But that being said, I still do wish like he, who he is, got at least one more issue. Um, I don't think he was stabbed fatally though. What do you think? On that last page, mm-hmm. it looks like she just stabbed him in the side, right? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's yet again. It's going to be a thing. It's like, well, it seems like he's totally dead, but oh no, he's just like just in a coma or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but even, look at the knife. When... Look how deep that went, though, because it is, it is the whole blade went in him. Yeah, yeah the whole ways. blade went in. It's thrifty. So, um, I do enjoy the art, as I do go see with Josh. I like most of the art was good. Some of it, not so much. That's why I can go with a seven out of ten. No higher than that. The action was pretty decent, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, great action. I- that's great, one thing that I, I think it was a great page turner. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. I, I will. Like, you, I will say that the, there is there's a lot of cool stuff to look at, but there's just not a whole lot that does go on. Either way, yeah, it's kind of just a fun little popcorn book. I don't know. I don't know what the comic equivalent is of a popcorn movie, but uh, <laughs> it's one of those. Uh, a page. Turner. When we do get action in this book, mm-hmm. it always popcorn is good, movie. and this issue proves it. We do get good amount of action, and it's like a legit. Awesome bows scene. scene. Yeah, I think it's the best possible way you could you could depict uh some like two people her fighting uh with her body and him fighting with the power of suggestion. I think that's (laughs) that's like a great way to like they did it. If you told me about it, I'd be like, oh, I don't want to see that. But hey, they pulled it off. Yep, agreed. And to be honest, I think that's you know when when you oh you brought up Dragon Ball before um and I mean I've got my beast with Dragon Ball. But uh, I think that's something that they use frequently to to show like a battle of of, of strength and will is that you know that that ground push just from your steps and then the you know the the ground explodings from impact and stuff like that. I think it was done even better here than I've seen it done in that anime. Um, very, it was very cool, very uh, very effective. Again, yeah. So the action went good. The story the story needs to get where the action's going. Hopefully, um, we got a slow introduction. Maybe that's what we're looking at—a slow introduction with liar, liar. One that was kind mm-hmm. of like iffy and kind of threw her to the side, and now we're seeing her come back, possibly upgraded like Maxwell Lord temporarily was, and we'll see a whole lot more action coming from that. Um, speaking of which, we are going to have Anthony tackle Action Comics number ten twenty-seven for us, priced oh, at yeah. three ninety-nine, written by Brian Michael Bendis with art and cover by John Romita Jr., Klaus Jensen, and Brad, Brad, excuse me, Anderson. Letters by Dave Sharp. Walk us through this beautiful masterpiece, Anthony. And that's definitely an <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> Bendis, in all the books he's been doing, Action, Superman, and Legion of Superheroes, he does a little bit of a previously on or like a recap page, which um, I like when he does like how he did in the beginning of this run with all those Easter eggs or a little bit nods to the whole DC like universe or just a few stuff. Like, I love what he did with the um, Twitter, 
from like upcoming events. That was great. Um, this one, it was okay. It's better than what we got in last few issues, where like saying, "Hey, if, hey, to you, to this person, if I make this, here's what's happening," and going through all this details. We're like tackling this character that you send this email to should not know anything about. Thankfully, he's not doing this in this issue because the recap page is actually pretty good. Uh, I'm very surprised. It's not a long word bubble like we got in Legion this week. So, after the recap page, we see Lois is at the FBI building being interrogated by Agent Chase. Only because she attacked Leone, uh, which I felt was a little bit to the extreme. Because I feel like, okay, then why is she being sent to, like, I don't know, like, like the local cops instead of the FBI. FBI, I just assume, is a little bit too big for them to handle small stuff like that. So that oh. felt a little bit for us. So here, here's here's where I'm at, okay? Now, for sure, 100%, the F, if the FBI are in present, they're in the presence of somebody that they that they want, mm-hmm. like, like Leon here, um, she's on their wanted list, right? Now, if yeah. somebody else assaults that suspect while they are in the FBI's custody, they will arrest that person, and that will be a thing. Here's they the thing that custody. I don't understand. They arrested Lois Lane and let her go. That's, I, what? That makes no sense whatsoever. She just slipped um, away, Fred. She just slipped away. Yeah, oh, it's fine, guys. It's fine. So, what? Why not? She just slipped away. No, it that was Red Cloud. Sure, she could just like go away. I, I see that, but because it's Leona, like she has no superpowers. Like, how can she just slip away? Like, nobody, like people know how bad she is. Nobody's like, oh, there she goes. Like, no, okay. And she's not okay. No, this might seem me, but I actually don't care. She's not that small of a, of a character. She's a little bit, you know, she's not. Hefty, hefty, hefty. No, she's, she's a good not, size. She, she's probably. I mean, honestly, the way she's depicted, she's she seems pretty tall. I probably put her at like yeah. six foot. I mean, she yeah, seems like, like a big lady. Well, you I know, mean, she, okay. So they show everyone's as taller, looking, taller than me. They're all Go looking ahead. at like the super antics out the window. So that while they're distracted by that, she like sneaks away. But here's my thing. That's okay. Thing. Okay, I'll give if you, you that. The, if you work at the Daily Planet, if you work in that building, all that kind of super business, or if you live in this world, you've seen all that kind of super yeah. business you before. Yeah, you've seen like, okay. Yeah, this, that's not an adequate <laughs> like, escape. Oh, okay. When you work, if you're in the Daily Planet building, seeing a world-ending calamity should not be a big of a distraction enough to let your perp go walking out the door. That's all I'm saying. I, I agree with you there. And I completely dismissed everything until you were until you were right there with it that that whole okay so there's all of this drama going on outside of the window mm-hmm. so everybody does turn and look okay so that can give Leon the ability to slip away um I it this is rough guys <laughs> yeah let's well, just, guys let's just get get through it like pulling off a bandaid speaking about the fight let's see how. Su- Super family takes down Red Cloud, which we get a little bit too much of a panel because not much even happens. So we get about five pages of the kids just flying around Red Cloud to knock her out. We are assuming because the next thing we see is um, the Super Spraniac five and Red Cloud on the panel zone that they defeat her. We don't really see how she's defeated, 
Um, that's my one of my many issues because we literally just see them flying around, <laughs> and then next thing you know, bam, bam, so I'm like, oh, wait, what? 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 Yeah, what? I, I, I was, I, okay, I'm glad that you guys have some confusion there too because they're basically just flying around her very quickly. She's like, she can't touch us if we're flying quickly, and then that's 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 it. They're like, Brainiac, Crap. can you do something? And he says, get back. That's it. That's it. That's yeah. it. It's done. So that's it. So I'm looking and I, I see him happened. in one panel. He's holding this purple orb. You guys, can you guys answer something for me? Do you guys know what that is? That's parasite. That's the parasite. That's the yes. parasite thing. Okay. Yeah. That's so the he's not doing parasite. anything. He so just he's says, just holding on to the parasite deal. And then well, he I mean, says, get stupid back. Joke. So the only thing that I can think of See, I, okay, here's my problem in this particular few pages here wasn't who launched the Phantom Projector because, I mean, on it, the Phantom Zone Projector, that... Well, we see Brainy is having it in his hand. Where? Uh, when the Phantom Zone is um, he's all the way to the left between... Oh, okay, yeah, cloud. so... But prior, prior to that, the Superboys are just flying around... And nobody's got the projector. No, they've. I, I don't know. I guess there's been a quick, easy off-panel handoff. Fine. No. But here, why in the? Superman. Superman is there, completely knocked out. They zap to the flipping Phantom yeah. Zone, and all of a sudden, he's 100 percent better. Exactly. We got that major time gap. Like, wait, why are we fast forwarding to like the end of the story? There's more to be seen here. Okay, we had the first act. We skip a second act, now we go to the third act. Like, how do you take it down exactly? No no cool action? Cool, thanks. Okay, cool. We, they didn't we even just... sum it up for us. Like, no. Say, oh, by I'm all of our super speed made her shrink or something. I don't know. No, it's, they, well, obviously what they did was they launched they, they launched the Phantom Zone pro- projector and sucked all of them into the Phantom Zone, which they can all freely leave. Yeah. See, now, but... I'm the heck in it because in Superman book, um, Clock said that if something hits the Daily Planet and goes to the Phantom Zone, maybe this is a rare opportunity where Bendis actually realizes continuity and is like, hey, you know what? Um, Red Cloud, she attacked the Daily Planet and now they're all in the Phantom Zone. That's my only assume, assumption on why they're all there. Okay, so, okay, all right. So that's what, maybe that's what's supposed to be picked up. We're seeing the shattered window and the people through it. And we, they're getting closer and closer. They're being depicted. Um, so the the fight is moving closer and closer to the Daily Planet. And when they all hit, they go to the Phantom Zone. Okay, cool. I can take that. But if that's the case, then what is Brainiac holding on to? Or is that supposed to be Kellix? But he looks like he's grabbing onto something. I assume maybe they have a thing in there. So that they ever do get in there, they have a white owl. That's my only exception. They would have had to grab it beforehand. I feel like I'm picking things apart because I could go on and on and on almost every page about it. But well, before we pick everything apart, real quick, let's can can you guys see? You might have a better knowledge of this. On there, I'm because when we were looking and trying to figure out how they did this stuff, there there's a panel of Leon leaving. Yes, there's yeah. A person who sees her leaving. And kind of sees that happen and is like, oh, okay, that's chill. Is he anybody or is that just a random character? The one in the lower right? 
Um, yeah, he's like standing right next to her, kind of looking backward, like kind of as the, they're. He's got the round the story. He's got the round Harry Potter oh. glasses on, and yeah, uh, and he's I don't know of him as a regular character or even a named character. I could be wrong. But I, like, I'm he not wasn't like in he wasn't in prominence in in the last issue, and he no. wasn't like prominently displayed amongst the other guys. It just I, I was just wondering if that was some sort of thing or not. Maybe uh, it's, uh... He's either looking at Leon Lamb or looking at Los. I can't tell for sure by his eyes. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> trying to figure out where his I eyes. I think going. he's looking just a little bit back. Maybe he's looking at Leon's. Who knows? There we go. But um, maybe. Yeah, okay, so I mean, as far as picking it apart, obviously we don't know, it's best assumed that they got, that they were transported to the Phantom Zone because they got too close to the Daily Planet. That's what I'm going to assume with the zoom in and everything. I'm, I'm I'm going to assume that that's the case. Um, the whole nine panels, though, on the day, page before that, like... It makes no sense at all. Like, what's you see? It kind of looks like Supergirl carrying Superman. You see on leaving, and you just see the eyes, and you see the one in the middle is black. Like, wait, what? Yeah, so it goes black. Her eyes are closed. Everything's red. She starts to open up, and then we see her in a normal form, and the red cloud look is just left in her eyes. Her power is like fading. Now she doesn't derive. Does she? She derives her power from touching super people as well. No. Or is no. That, was that only a parasite thing? A parasite. Okay. Because I was thinking maybe they're like containing her. And, uh, no, the Phantom Zone can contain anybody. Well, yeah, I guess it. Uh, maybe they were just like trapping her long enough so they could like get her Phantom Zoned. They're distracting her long enough or working her toward the Daily Planet, whatever. Yeah, okay, like I that. think we figured out at least a semi-acceptable reason as to how they ended up in the Phantom Zone. I don't. Well, still we're gonna don't say know. that's how it happened. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. I, I still don't know what the Brainiac's holding on to, but we'll just we'll call that the doorbell home. That's how they call an Uber. Uh, we'll pick up from there. And Anthony, you want to finish you us off with the book? Next, we get Ben's dialogue. Now, this is a good two pages of, like, nothing happened. This easily could have been one page where um, Kate and Lois all figure out, oh, she's gone. It's, wait, what's happening? Wait, what? Like, oh, wait, she's on another Earth. Now, now she's finally figured out. Cool. It did not take two pages. No, it could have been one page. But no, we get Bennett's dialogue, sing song. So annoying. It, it's just a waste of panels and a waste of space. That's all it is. Um, but I will say there's actually one, two, three, maybe like about four panels that actually did look good. So we do have about four panels out of this entire issue that looks good enough. They look crappy. Now, the last half of the issue <laughs> is just a whole bunch of wrap-up with, we see um, Leon gone in the wind. We see Robson goes locked up, which at the time... I'm like, what? Why does she have all, all those wires? And, well, that wire connect to her, that's connected mm-hmm. to the door. I mean, I was, I'm assuming that's just tech to keep her powers in check. <laughs> um, honestly, when I flipped and I looked at it, I'm like, why the f- does she have a mask? Oh, never mind. That's not a mask. That's <laughs> Ramita Jr. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also get Gwenny going back to the future. Which, the more I think about it, I'm like, 
What did Brennan actually do throughout his time being here? He held on to the mysterious object while they were in the Phantom Zone. And he the globe on the top of the Daily Planet. I feel like he could have done that in that future too, okay? He easily could have done that in the future. He was in no sense to actually bring him here, which is going to bring Legion back from the future. At least make him, like, him or her be resourceful, make a new Vader say, oh, cool, I want to know more about this character. But no, reading just these action comic issues, I have no interest in reading Brainiac at all. No. Um, Maybe he was yeah. trying to not affect the time stream? Um, <sighs> before we go to the part where Brainiac... Time stream. Before, before we go any further than Brainiac, yeah. I, want, I want to bring up something else, too, real quick. Okay. Um, before, we go, before we even get to the part where Brainiac leaves. Um, yeah. This whole thing where... We get Superman going through oh. with red eyes, and we see him daydreaming about destroying Star Labs. I mean, that seems a little out of character for Superman, doesn't it? Doesn't this seem a little... It does. ...weird? I mean, I don't... I guess it's like a weird fantasy thing, but it's kind of disturbing if he's having that fantasy anyhow. Right, and because, he's, he, because he's... Superman. I mean, look, okay, okay. I mean, I hate to borrow from another company, but I think Superman is the one superhero that didn't need an Uncle Ben to tell him. With great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. I think Superman already knows that. That's what I mean. This is a betrayal of the character to me. This was huge. There were two things that made me go, "What?" When I was reading this book, the first one was. He was completely knocked out, and Supergirl was freaked out. That's the impression that I got. Supergirl was freaked out by him not responding. Boom, they're in the Phantom Zone. He's at 100%. It's like somebody recharged his batteries, hit the reset on his Nintendo button. He is 100% right now and ready to go. Makes no sense to me. The second part was seeing Superman depicted like that. That yeah, mine. I feel like in a weird, from what- in a weird way, yeah. I feel like what's been happening to Superman and this Soyhawk, it wasn't worthy enough for him to get this and daydream of literally blowing up and destroying the whole Star Labs building. Do we think that maybe we're going to see more behavior displayed by Superman like this that will lead toward his future place state? in future state? Exactly. Where oh. he's off. All I know. I don't know the motivation behind it. All I know is that he's off on War World kicking the hell out of as many people as he can. Yes. Um, I do. Because other than that, then there's no point at all. If we do see um, stuff about this later on that will actually have nothing to do with it, you just say, you're just wasting Superman potential, honestly. Um, because this you're was so totally uncharacteristic. This will be a nice setting up point because if nothing comes from this, again, this is uncharacteristic and it just was just odd to look at. I'm like, wait, what? It also kind of doesn't jive with what, like two episodes or two issues ago when Superman's whole thing was where like, I don't know. No, I'm with you. It's way out of character. Yeah, not especially recently been, you know, questioning like his own methods and then to be like oh i'm gonna go two steps the other direction 
Um, I don't know. It seemed it, it was it was certainly shocking. I was like, well, okay, obviously this is what is what is all this. I was like, he can't actually be playing on Star Labs right now, right? Um, and then it, I don't know that moment, especially with the dad. Dad does not feel earned. It seems like that no. could be a conclusion to a storyline, maybe one that. Bendis maybe pitched and they said no absolutely not so he's like okay I'm going to put it in here as a weird like daydream but oh yeah it's definitely definitely shocking um, oh like when I was reading it I went through I hit this I see him flying off with those red eyes and it's not burning anything so that th I think that's general accepted generally accepted that that means he's yeah. so I flip I'm like huh every single thing has been because of them uh oh he's not happy Flip the page. Holy, <laughs> he destroyed Star Labs, and I read it that same way. Dad, and then I flip it, and then I see Dad, Dad, and he's just daydreaming, right? So then I, I, I flipped it back, and I go, well, at least the artwork was good, um, that, which is it right? is not something that I say in a Jar Jar book, but <laughs> when I flipped it back, I read it different. It went, Dad, Dad. Yeah, okay. You know, how about so, uh, how about the secret code word that uh, Lois utters? I really enjoyed that. Oh, yeah, I think that's 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 been that's been going on for quite a bit now, at least with Bendis, hasn't it? Okay. Where Smallville is like the hey, I need you. Yeah, like the all alarm fire. I do all like right, that. Well, She's like, I'm in trouble. You know what? I'm gonna call in all the super boys. Every mm -hmm. every super boy, come to me. <laughs> right. So so Brainiac departs. He goes back to the future. The super so fam shows up at the Daily Planet, and then what happens? Well, apparently, according to like the Matt Fraction, I believe, um, Jimmy Olsen, many on Massey run. Um, we find out that Jimmy owns the Daily Planet, which is now resolved in this issue as a cliffhanger and i'm not gonna lie when i read it i was like oh my god no why because bennis dialogue for jimmy sounds like he needs a helmet and should be on the short bus heading to work he sounds stupid <laughs> so I'm like you are not capable of owning the planet you are some why does he make ben jimmy sound so stupid i'm like i need the pillow the pillow hi clock I'm like, what no like I don't know, he's do got it. a real stinker smile. Maybe that was all a setup. Well, I mean, okay. I, so, like, if did did either one of you guys read any of that twelve issue run? I I, no. I I did not read it faithfully. I read a few issues, and I mean, like, literally three. Um, the ones that I happened to pick up were the ones where it was feeding in a little bit of backstory where there's this ancient feud between the Olsons and the Luthers, and it turns out that it's because the Olsons and the Luthers are actually related. And um, with L Luther giving up everything that he did in, in LexCorp and no one else being around to take it, Jimmy Olsen was thereby by blood and legal, or legally he is the owner of LexCorp now. So he, he owns LexCorp, and um, I kind of figured it was going on with this the moment that they said that the Invisible Mafia owned the Daily Planet, and um, 
I think it was just a few issues ago. Maybe it was last issue. Maybe it was this issue. But there was just this one brief speech bubble of Jimmy going, how much would that cost? Or something to that effect about buying the Daily Planet. Um, so I was like, oh, well, okay. Guess that's what's coming next. But uh, I mean, ultimately, I think it's kind of goofy for Jimmy Olsen to own it um, when he's written the way that he is in this mm-hmm. particular one because he's, he's, I won't say that he's, he's written like he's as, as though he's, but he, it's, it's, he is that gee, good golly gosh kind of personality. Yeah. And I mean, we've seen Jimmy Olsen do some cool stuff over the years. And I mean, in his own right, do some superhero type stuff. And that whole gee golly gosh attitude, I mean, that kind of faded away 20 or so years ago. We we don't really need to bring that back, and there's no reason for it. It made his series unenjoyable for me to read. Well, I read... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, see, I watched the Smallville, the Superman anime TV show. I enjoyed that um, version of Jimmy. I, um, the Earth One of Superman... Um, at the last son of like action comics, it was four story arc. Um, it was a great one. I enjoy, I enjoy so many of the past versions of Jimmy, but Bendis, Bendis Jimmy should not be having the Daily Planet. If this is a, a whole nother writer, yes, great idea. But because of the writer on the book, ah, uh, just not look forward to next issue at all. What did you give this issue? On this site, I gave it a 4 out of 10, but after going through this, I was a little bit too generous. I'm actually going to go with a 3 out of 10. All right, so listen. <laughs> I love it. You're going to, you're going to. I had some what? big glaring problems. What are you going to get this? <laughs> I had some big glaring problems. Okay. A lot of it was art, um, the skipping, the issue. Um, I think that. You're going to think that this sounds crazy, but I see a lot of effort put in by Brian Michael Bendis and John Romita Jr. It almost seems like a response a little bit to the feedback. They're trying to tone down the narration boxes and the dialogue boxes. It's not significant, but it it is toned down for Bendis. The, the, The crazy amount of lines on people's faces. If we look at Lois and, and we look at Agent Chase, their faces are not heavily super duper penciled. We look at the crowd, they've it's laid off of that. Now, granted, we're not getting our, our any super detailed drawing. Um, you know, but he's again, he's not his dad. You know what I mean? He 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 just isn't. So Jar Jar, I mean, I, I see effort put in to do a decent issue here by him. It, I, I Again, I still just don't like the art style, but at least he's not phoning it in anymore. So right, I can I can give them props to that. The story mm-hmm. doesn't, it, it's just not, it's just not there, man. Um, I don't like the yeah. idea of, of Jimmy becoming a major character with this creative team. Um. I, I don't. Uh, I, I we saw absolutely n- nothing resolved about the Superboy stuff. Uh, Supergirl just feels like an extra that's there just because she's got super in her name. And they all did. To, to yeah, that end, I'm in there. Yeah, to that end, I'm surprised we don't have um, uh, the crypto 
to be honest. And, uh, it, it, it just, it's, and I was all constantly waiting for him to show up. Uh, so I, th- I, I think that they were trying to step it up here and in doing so, hopefully that's what I'm seeing is actual genuine effort, trying to pay respect to a good title, even though you messed it up sometimes. So where I, after, after my first reading, I wanted to give this a 2.5, but after considering that's, it and flipping it back to it, I am going to give this a five out of 10. Well, okay. Now, sure. Okay. <laughs> Now, the difference between trying to be good and <laughs> no, the difference, actually, difference is of trying and actually is good. I could try to build a treehouse, but it'll still be a two out of ten. <laughs> Just because I okay. try to make an outfit doesn't mean it's a good one. Yeah, that's a that's true. And I mean, wow. a, a, a five out of ten. I maybe I just have low expectations for this book, so when they turn out something a little bit better, I'm maybe it just surprises me. But yeah, I read it three times, and I mean the even with the glaring issues, I, I it, it it looks like they're trying. And I mean, if he's gonna end up staying on action afterwards, then hopefully it's a point in the right direction. I, I I'm still not a fan. Don't get me wrong, I'm still not a fan, and I wish it was a different creative team. But this is progress. What do you yeah. think, Reed? Um, <laughs> Anthony does not think... like that. Anthony wants me to go back I... to two point five. <laughs> yes. I don't. I don't think too much of it, to be honest. I was like kind of confused as to like what was going on, just flying around really fast. I. I. I um. I will give you that. I was, I was, I, w- I honestly was waiting. I expected to see a short little speech bubble, the way that they were speaking, a short little speech bubble saying, "I learned this from the Flash." Um, the, uh, the, 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 the panels that they have in the Phantom Zone, so that that like double page there. I think that's where they started with this book, and then just kind of worked their way outward from there. <laughs> Because um, right. it's, I mean, it's it looks cool. I I I really dig it. It's 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 neat that it's abrupt and an abrupt change of kind of like style. Because like you said, going from like all the lines and everyone's like cleaned up and like posed cool. Um, but overall, it it seems it, it the whole book kind of felt like I was reading a comic in like that had been translated poorly where I'm missing uh-huh. all of the context. I'm seeing something cool happen, but I'm missing a whole layer of context because like, if you just flip through and like, okay, like there's like some stuff happening here, man, for sure. But then when you read the words, there actually isn't anything happening. Red cloud, something happens. Okay. She's done now. Um, there's a cool little exchange with some money that I think is fun. Uh, so that this red cloud can get a newspaper, I guess. And she's, okay then the, like you know a weird little vignette where the thing blows up i i don't know um it's just like fine it's just fine and some of the art is cool some of it's not great um i think i, I think i'm just gonna give this a, a a five out of ten it's 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 got enough of the pieces that it is technically for sure a comic book um but it just it is for really sure happen. a comic book. Yeah, it does a comic book for sure. Um, and it's better than it's kind of like better than the last one. Is that is that a thing? 
Yeah, it is. I mean, I'm with. Yeah. I'm with that. I mean, it's Do you get points okay. For so, that? It's just... okay. So here's the thing. It's it. Everything that I've seen coming out is absolutely has no. Yes, you do get points for that, Reed, <laughs> because <laughs> everything that we've been seeing coming out of this team has been something that all of us, except for Reed, has had something negative to say. And I just I expect a whole lot more out of them. And I have seen improvements in this issue, so I can't carry the grudges over unless I'm talking about it as a trade or as a story arc. Right. So for this issue, I got to, I got to give them the points that they are due. Out um, of context. Out of context. <laughs> it, it, it seems like, it, it seems out. like you could plug this issue into a different issue that had answers on either end of those. And it would be fine. But like, I just don't ever think we're getting any of those answers. They weren't provided beforehand. And I don't think we're getting them. I don't think so either. They, it, yeah. That hasn't been the case so far, man. So, <laughs> yeah, as a single issue, it's for sure a comic book. It's for sure a comic book. Ultimately, ultimately, just to wrap this this title up, things were average mm-hmm. for this book, but overall, they're looking a little dark. And that's where we're going to yeah. move on to Justice League Dark. Number oh, 28, oh, priced at three ninety nine, written by Ram V, with art by Amanke Nualpan and June Chung, with letters by Rob Lee, and the cover done by Dan Brown. And let me count on the cover. Um, Wonder Woman is looking a little gothy, and I think she needs to lay off the human growth hormone. But other than that, oh, I think that looks like a really cover man i thought this thing was gorgeous if we had a best cover a this would be a contender man man look at that arm okay See, i know like on the delts they they got a little they got a little overzealous with the with the muscles <laughs> a little it looks like <laughs> that looks like he, he she kind of looks like he man and it's not it's not super great now man bat looks pretty dope yeah, yeah they all look amazing all of them, it's just, you know, they kind of really ripped her up. And, I mean, she's got, like, three-inch wide eyeshadow going on her under eyes. But other than that, man, I mean, it's she's really, flexed. really she's cool. There's a whole lot more to this book than just the cover, though. And um, how about you tell us all about that? Okay, well, uh, we this is we're talking about Justice League number twenty eight. We are wrapping up the Upside Down Man arc uh, before we move on into the next one. One second, sorry, put a copyright strike. When we last saw it, we saw um, Zatanna using a spell to merge herself with the Upside Down Man, which gave us some both amazing and pretty grotesque-looking art. And I gotta yeah, say, we... I think I think what we get to see in this issue even surpasses that. It's, oh, it's yeah. On, it's on par right there, and you get it right out of the gate. You open, we open with Zatanna all alone in the dark with the Upside Down Man. Um, He's uh, and we get that, like you said, that grotesque kind of imagery starts right away. We get a close up of his mouth, and there's bugs and stuff crawling out of it. Um, 
when last we left our heroes, to say that things were looking bleak would be a understatement. Uh, Swamp Thing and Constantine <laughs> had gone full kamikaze, made ultimate sacrifice uh, to just get them to where they are, to give them a chance to having this fight. Um, and yeah, like you said, um, before Zatanna cast that spell, things weren't going very great. Um, and apparently in this dark zone, they're not going great either, as we see in our very cool um, splash page, the Upside Down Man seeming to consume um, her thoughts and memories as she's uh, broken down into pieces and absorbed. Now, yeah, like it, major flashes of her life and major people in her life is like absorbing her essence. Yeah, Crazy. and while, while that's happening in the psychic realm, while they're trapped in the same body and the same mind, we see what everyone else uh, sees that battle taking place on the physical body as we get into some serious like John Carpenter level body horror as you watch a body two bodies fight for control inside of itself it's pretty gruesome it is and if I can interject here it was not that long ago before the John Carpenter actually creeped into a Batman special and wrote a little uh Joker story and I gotta say um, I enjoyed that, but it was like generic John Carpenter. This is John Carpenter esque, but mm -hmm. done better. Yeah. So eventually, after the the struggle, um, we see the upside down man uh, emerge, um, as the winner of that particular battle. It seems that he has absorbed Zatanna fully, uh, and puts a brief smackdown. Uh, onto the team um i i love i love detective chimp's heart and style because there's a moment where he and man bat both rush the upside down man after he just punched a powered up wonder woman and sent her flying my dude detective chimp charges at this guy i mean he gets totally blasted but i mean he he, he went for it at the very least right he's like me and my sword are gonna do something yeah um but um Wonder Woman is quick to remind him or to to let him make him realize that uh he's not exactly the upside down man anymore he's the currently right side up as she gives him a very uh heck hecate powered uppercut um, right. that temporarily stuns him he falls to the ground the artwork in this entire little bout here where mm -hmm. um he blasts Wonder Woman and then sends a man bat and Bobo going and um and then the uh, following right up until where she uppercuts him into his big middle eye the background is is the the background color is the word thwam and it, it all of the all of the art choices wow. from that first punch of his to that last punch of hers every single art choice is gorgeous mm -hmm. dude i loved it the design in this book is incredible i one of my favorite things is when the when the panels become part of the art and it's used stylistically like that yes, like in that moment yes. that thwam so it, it's artistically very cool and it's also like subconsciously you're feeling that that huge blow um i think that yeah um the like this said, the panel design and everything about the art in this book is pretty great to to, to rush to the end quickly um so we see um, the Upside Down Man, and on that same page, the very next panel, we get the Upside Down Man and Zatanna both in the same position. 
Um, and with um, after taking that that blow, Zatanna was able to assume control over the body as she starts to relive uh, one of her oldest memories, uh, the, one of the first spells I guess she's ever done, one of the oldest there is. Um, when she used her magic to bring a dead rabbit back to life uh, in, in in the past there's she as as she embodies the upside down man makes him part and parcel to the rules of magic that uh in order to to do that there need to be a severe cost uh, a life for a life as her father shows tells her um, going back when, from that that childhood that that childhood experience that we saw way back in the beginning of this story arc and we were we were a little confused by but now it's right. starting to make a whole lot of sense very um uh full metal alchemist uh, yeah, equivalent exchange exactly. here going on so that first time when she cast that spell on the rabbit her pod her father paid the price now this time she as the upside down man cast that spell and it she brings she cancels her previous one bringing her father back and destroying the upside down man in probably one of the coolest panels i've seen in a comic book in a very long time with um not a small degree of sass if i might point out uh, yeah. the, the grotesque explosion of the upside down man as she emerges and she's like yep that's right She's a performer. <laughs> um, how about that? Uh, how, just out of curiosity here, uh, right back where she is walking through that magic trick. How many times have you? Did, did you guys just read this book once? Twice. Um, twice. I I I read it twice. Yeah. You read it twice too. Um, mm-hmm. Did you guys notice on either on either read through that she says abracadabra backwards? Is that what she was saying? Yep, she says Arba de Carba, which is yeah, Abracadabra backwards. Yeah, <laughs> you know, before I, I thought that was kind of cool. You know, before we talking about the mind will like, make the word right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. that's exactly it. When I read it, I read it as Abracadabra. I'm like, oh, wait, I read it wrong then. Yeah, okay. Right? Which I I just, it. At first, I read it that way too, and I'm like, that's weak. Oh, wait, that's not what she's saying. <laughs> the first time I was like, oh, it's abracadabra. So, and then on the second uh, on the second time through, I was like, huh, I wonder, does abracadabra spell something we like? Does it spell something out backwards? And I was like, wait a minute, hold on a second. <laughs> it is backwards, it's already it backwards, backwards. And, and no, apparently, it does not. Um, but yeah, that that whole sequence is great. Um, we we see the double panels of them uh, of her acting it out, and then the upside down man acting out those actions. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty like fun. And then from from there like on out, we're just in that. epilogue mode. Defeated. Um, he- I guess Wonder Woman used Hecate's power to then, since they destroyed the physical embodiment, they use Hecate's power to entrap the upside down man and. I, the a detective uh, Bobo tries to explain it, I, and I guess it's kind of an antimatter matter reaction. The two kind of magics cancel each other out, mm-hmm. something to that effect. And then, uh, out of all of this book, we get one of the scariest panels I've seen in this whole run. 
is a smiling Bobo with that pint. That I was going to bring that up to Anthony. <laughs> oh, that's horrifying. Well, you know, in, sad in, in, sack. You yeah, want exactly. This, this is this. This is the other. I would rather have him sad than to see this happy monkey. You can either have the sad sack, yeah. se- semi-suicidal Bobo that you get in Justice League Death Metal, or that creepy. <laughs> that is horrifying. Put your teeth like dude. T- <laughs> he looks like a like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He looks like one of those little. Too creepy. Yeah, just a little bit. I'm I'm glad, I, I, all in all, though, I do love Detective Chimp, and I am glad to see that mm-hmm. homie is in a good place. Yeah, um, <laughs> it, it's a very cool shot later on in the book when um, he and uh, the new Doctor Fate are discussing where you get the shot of Dr. Fate's helmet and they're both reflected in it. I thought that was just quite a little artistic flair. Um, really well. And that's part of the monologue, or the wrap-ups. Uh, Dr. Fate can't access the power. Uh, apparently the helmet won't speak to him. Um, Doctor er, uh, Bobo found the... Um, and it looks, the helmet looks sword. really beat up after taking such a yeah. blast. I mean, it's messed up. It, yeah, it seems like the the power isn't there. It's just it's just it seems to be just a helmet now. But yeah, Bobo finds the the Nightmaster sword, and then names the new area. Um, one Wonder Woman is free of Peckate's power. Um, everything seems to be pretty chill, um, except Swamp Thing's dead, kind of, sort of, and Constantine is dead, um, which leads to the kind of the last emotional scene here where um knowing what's happened and knowing what she's done to get to this point uh her newly resurrected father reverses uses a a backward spell um to reverse john constantine's sacrifice and take it onto himself so constantine lives and he walks through a very cool glowing door um as uh, yeah, Constantine was resurrected, uh, the very last moment we see what I'm assuming is a shadowy Loki or some sort of North uh, um, version thereof, um, perhaps Ooh. maybe an Odin, uh, yes. stalking outside, stalking near Wonder Woman and Zatanna as they're having their final wrap up, and uh, leads us Dear right friend. into Endless Winter. Um, I do guys, believe. That this is the Frost King. Oh, the Frost King. Okay. Oh, that's oh, that's the guy. Okay. Okay. So yes, Excellent. sir. Which I the ravens I, I was thinking was Nord, very Nordic. So yeah, I'm 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 hoping that uh, it would be very cool to see Justice League Dark take the forefront of Endless Winter. Mm-hmm. I think that would be very cool. Um, yeah, let's not what the part is. let's not glance over the page. We only got one, but there is still hope for my boy Swamp Thing here, uh, Man yes. Bat, who was was dear friends with Alec Holland. Um, is it, you, he's drawn so sad, like literally. You, yeah. it just he looks heartbroken sitting there. These with, pages are great. It's so good. Um. But he takes samples from the magic plays, and he finds proof that there is still some evidence of synchrony within the latent waveforms, meaning that Swamp Thing's consciousness still exists there somewhere, uh, way deep down, but he's still in there. So 
fingers crossed we can get our green boy back. Well, he'll be back eventually. I'm I'm sure uh, it'll probably when they do a a a run in that new plane, uh, New Myra, New Myria, whatever that uh, Bobo named it there. Oh, new so yeah, sure New we'll Mira. New Mira. I'm sure we'll Mira, be back yep. there uh, in in short order. I certainly hope so. It would stink to think otherwise. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, I just wanted to give my my uh, rating here, and then before we hear what you guys had to think, um, everything about this book I think was a knocked right out of the park. We've seen a lot of wrap ups and uh, story arcs coming to an end um, with the pushover to Endless Winter, and this is a like master class on wrapping all that kind of stuff up. I, I feel like from start to finish, this book um, is just amp- everything is amped up to 11. They got this, they got the speakers turned up um, the art, uh, the story uh, really gets like gets all, all emotional levels. The, the, the character arcs I feel are perfectly balanced. This is about as close to a perfect comic as you could, you could get in my opinion. Uh, I gave this one a nine and a half out of ten. Anthony, where were you at with Justice League Dark? Now I know we do have one more issue, but technically, my this is the final issue of the run because technically, issue is the endless winter, so it me a whole nother thing. Um, written by a completely different creative team, am I correct? Ram V will not have a hand oh, in the oh, oh. endless winter books. Is that is that right? Won't the in- all of the books be written. I don't know if he's on. I think he's on the next one now. Um, I don't know if he's taking over, but he. I think he might be on the transition now. Ah, uh, so, um, so this might be a little bit of a hypocrite because I feel as if, unlike Suicide Squad, where I wanted to be a little more pages, I feel as if all of the scenes, all from um next to next to next, was all just enough. No more, no less. Um. The art was phenomenal. I think I give this a nine out of ten. Like for what happened, it was definitely a great showdown between a guy that we've seen all the way in issue one, who we would presume was a big bad. This was like a TV show where like he was a big bad of the overall season, and the epic fight did not. It did not disappoint one bit. I'm with you there, Anthony. Um, and to be honest with you, obviously, I've I've already stated how much I loved Suicide Squad uh, from start to finish, issue one to issue eleven. I think it's the greatest Suicide Squad story arc, and it I I'll maintain that I think it's the best one, of, the best story arc of the year. That said, I firmly believe that had Ram V had the horns on this one from the very get-go um i just realized i didn't mean to do that pun with ram v in the horns i didn't mean to do that pun <laughs> but if if he would have been in charge of the storyline from the get-go i think it would have been much much better the second half after his transition him and james tynan were writing together for a little while and the story arc picked up it got better it got interesting it got juicier the art was fantastic um prior to that it was uh, you know not taken away from james tynan but it was it was a little mediocre 
And it had Ram V been with it since the beginning, I think it would have. I, I honestly, no questions asked. I, I I could almost guarantee that this would be my favorite story arc of the year. Um, as it stands, it's in, it's it's a very close second. Um, I absolutely loved this issue. Uh, the art, the design choices, the dialogue. Uh, we got everything wrapped up in the nicest neatest little bow um it was beautifully done beautifully crafted i'm giving this a nine five out of ten uh i can't say enough good things about it i mean um it's it's definitely a stark contrast to the next book that we're about to cover and that is dark knight's death metal the multiverse who laughs this is another one of the compendiums. This is an oh. amalgam of stories uh, uh, that don't overly relate to the main line. So in short, this is DC asking you for $6 for pretty much nothing. Um, I'll give you all of the talent, all of the art, all of the color, uh, the colors and letters and and and. and all of the credits but you can look that up online we've got that up on posted so i'm going to skip the talent because there is so very many of them but there is some really good talent on this book that said let me go on to the review um this oversized death metal tie-in is much like most of the rest of them it's a collection of short stories by the talented people with themes based around the death metal event. This book is by no means required reading and shares nothing but thematic elements with the main story arc. If I haven't made that clear enough already, you don't have to buy this book. Um, the first story is simply the Robin King with uh, Scott Snyder, James Tynan, and Joshua Williamson. Three big, huge, heavy hitters. It took the three of them to get together. And please don't hate me for saying this. I'm just a little confused. It took the three of them getting together to write a story that was just introducing the other stories. Mm -hmm. I d that seems crazy to me. Um, but that's what the first story is. It's uh, the Robin King introducing the rest of the stories that follow. Uh, he's a character that's already way overused, in my opinion. Yes. I'm, I'm totally sick of Way the Robin much. King. Uh, do, we, do we think all those names are on there just as a crediting issue? I think so. Just as because, like, okay, well, this is like your, this is your baby, so you you get to be on this. We'll, we'll that 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 could be. That could or be. To, like, I maybe push more books or something. I suppose, like, um, if you create a create an original character, um, like you get more credit Story for that. Maybe. So created by. Right, but yeah, it seems it seems weird because yeah, like you said, this there's not a lot of story there. It spends a lot of pages telling you what it's not and like what a stupid thing. What is what? what I could tell you about a stupid bunch of stuff, but I won't. But I just did anyhow right. already. Exactly. I, I won't recap these things, all this stupid stuff. But you right, just, you, I'm not gonna do all this. St I'm not gonna tell you about all this stuff that I'm telling you about right now. <laughs> no, shut up. <laughs> You hear me? Answer me when I'm talking to you. Oh, All right. Little, there's there's pretty much ones. nothing else to this effort but to set up the rest of the stories. Uh, the story that follows that one is about Zaz in some kind of strange alternate Arkham Asylum. Uh, 
Uh, this story was a little interesting because it peeks into Zaz's mind. It gives us something we don't often get, which Zaz is an interesting character to me. As, as, like as a psychology uh, uh, student, I I really like getting into characters like him. So this was a fun read to me, and it makes sense that Oswald wrote it because of his wife and what she went through and all of that. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, his wife was a true crime novelist and had a podcast and et cetera. And she investigated um, serial killers and things along those, those lines. She actually cracked a major, major serial killer case, but uh, he had to pick up halfway through it, or I wouldn't say halfway, but later on through it because she died of cancer. Um, so anyway, that's it's a really interesting story. It's super sad, but it's a really interesting story, and um, it's cool to see him writing stories like this. Um, see, I don't understand why they gave him the longest one because, like, all the ones, like for example, um, the Green Arrow one was at the end. Then who's doing some of the great work at Marvel? He has like two pages. While yeah, I, I think that there like was some 12, really thirteen. There was a lot of really skewed balance here. Um, it was. For example, the length of that Robin King introduction went on and on and on, it felt like. And it just, I mean, we could have fleshed out a lot more stories here. And that's, uh, I've got some problems with this particular book, and I will definitely get to those. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I thought that this story would have been a really interesting something to read, like a, like a three-issue arc just peeking into Zaz's mind. It would be great to not have it in an alternate reality, an alternate universe. I'd like to see something about Zaz, like Black Label or something that could be pretty interesting. Um, it's a cool idea. Um, the third story, uh, it seems to almost take some cues from Tom Taylor's Deceased series. A virus has infected all of the Earth and everyone is dead except for the Super Pets. Or is that wrong? Um <laughs> By the end of it, it doesn't work out so well. Uh, they thought they had a cure. They didn't have a cure, and even the Super Pets get infected. Now, I'm not a Super Pets expert, but it seems as though they've managed to fit in everyone, um, even people I'm not familiar with. Who is Nathan? It felt weird to have him. Like, all the other names were all, like, cool superhero names. I'm like, oh, and this Nathan. And I was like... So, so right. I'm not the yeah. only one who has no idea who Nathan is? Which one was Nathan? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I can't, for the life of me, figure it out. Who? I mean, let's take a second. Can we? Can we take a second here and oh, try and figure name these cats, man? Or well, so we animals. Got, we got Comet. That's an easy one. Yeah, Comet is the horse. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's Ace the Bat Hound. Crypto. There's Crypto. And then what's that? Streaky. St- Streaky is the super cat. Um, there's Bat Cow. Now, what I think he's brand new because there's no other comic unprecedented for. Um, I look up Nathan Cat DC Comics, there's nothing. Yeah, the Dachshund, the Dachshund must be Nathan. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, oh, well, what is does Bat Cow have another name? Is it Super Chimp? No, Super Chimp's name is Bebo. Okay, and he's actually um he's with the wonder twins okay they they i because I, I normally he's drawn purple but he's not here but i do i did see the name bebo somewhere in here 
No, no, it's a Gleek. That's a name. Bebo is a character from Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, okay. Alright. But in any case, yeah, I'm still... It must still, be the Dachshund. Unless it's Batcow's real name. Okay, it could be the Dachshund. I'm not sure. <laughs> but in any case, um, this was a quick and fun story, but it was a little dark too, and I didn't mind that. Um, it's a dark story feature in the Super Pets and a deceased-ish kind of vibe. So, I mean, it was fun. Not a necessary read, especially only a, a few twist. things wrong. Um, the final story gives us a world where the Scarecrow reigns supreme. A cloud of his fear toxin surrounds the planet. It has um, different levels, much like uh, ozone and mold and, and, and all of that. Um, the, 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 sure. the cloud is so thick that people have to wear masks to go out. And steel is the vigilante presence here. Uh, he seems resistant to Scarecrow's toxin. Wait, did you we're... skip the Green Arrow one? Oh, I did skip the Green Arrow one, didn't I? That's how sure I was. Yeah. <laughs> I flipped way past that. Okay, my mistake. Um, I was like, wait. I apologize. Let me finish talking about the Scarecrow one, and then we'll go back to the Green Arrow one. So, um... He's it, the, the explanation that we've got for Steel being resistant to the fear toxin is the struggle that he had growing up as a child and the cope mechanisms that he had to develop in order to deal with daily fear that he experienced growing up. Um, that's a, I think that was a little bit of a heavy political like toss in, but um, I suppose it works as an explanation. Uh, he saves Jean-Paul it's Valley. For... It, it's it's fine for the story that it's in. Yes, exactly. For all four pages of it, it's like, right. I don't think. Yeah, don't write a, don't write a series about it. But let's. Yeah, yeah it is, it's a fun little. It's a it's a fine little toss in there. Right. So he um he saves Jean-Paul Valley while uh while out on patrol, and he offers to help train him to overcome his fear in the same ways. I enjoyed this story for what it was. It was a short one. It took a simple idea, blew it up, still made it relatable and not outlandish, which worked for me. Um, so we'll go back to the story prior to that one. Um, I forgot. In, in, the, in story number four, we're shown a little bit of a world where the guardians of Oa have militarily taken over the earth. Um, they're in charge, and we're not shown much other than that. It's just pointedly pointed out. Um, we're not shown much at all other than that some crimes are punishable by death. Green Arrow is there looking um, pretty silver-haired, but uh, still cool and definitely in good shape. And he's there taking a stand, being a, a man of the men, and uh, that's the entirety of the story. It ends with, um, the four pages later, it ends with uh, a silver-haired parallax-looking Hell Jordan and Green Arrow facing off against each other with, you know, they're both ready to go. Actually, the arrow has already fired, and we see yeah. Green it, Green Lantern has already launched his stuff yeah, at Green Arrow, and that's where the that's where it ends. Um so there were a couple little gems to be found inside. I really think that that could have been fleshed out to be something. That would have been a fun little three to six issue mini to read a uh, alternate universe story about this too. Um, so again, there were a couple little gems in here, but nothing outstanding, at least not as it stands. 
a couple of ideas could be fleshed out and they may be good, but we're not going to get that. Uh, the art, though done by different teams, almost seemed similar throughout and that kind of disappointed me. Um, because while it's it's good, decent art, it's not something you're out there seeking prints off of. There was nothing in this book that blew me away. Um, the stories were mostly mediocre and absolutely none of them were necessary. Unfortunately, this is just another crash cash grab book. Unless you're a completionist and you feel like you need to buy every single tie-in, then of course, you know, you're going to do what you're going to do. But for me, this wasn't hard travel. This was a hard pass. I gave it a 5.75 out of 10. And, and, and after even going back and talking about it more, I'm dropping that down to a 5.5. Five. Ooh. Where did you I land, Anthony? I think I'm gonna be just a little bit below you with a four out of ten. I did not mind at all. However, just the stories <sighs> felt like waste my time even just reading. For example, the story number four. I love Saudi at Marvel. I love uh, um Alan Queen, Hal Jordan. However, there's story like two or three pages. Like, was this isn't a legit story? At least, like, make like nothing. Nothing happens at, at all. It makes no sense at all to have that. Um, it's more filler content, just like the majority of the other tie-ins. Yes, yeah, exactly. For, well, like Death Metal, uh, Death Metal Trinity was like Death Metal three point five. Yeah, there was another one. Um, that that was kind of essential and worked with the story. And then there was the Lobo issue. Those were like the tie-ins that you need to buy in order to keep up the story and get all of the important juicy bits. But the rest of it is all cash grab crap. Yeah, this is literally the definition of a cash gra- gra- grab. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really is. I, I will say, I, I kind of figured out, I think I under I figured out where this this Cosmo overall is. And I think it's in the idea of the the Superman that gets powered up by burning people, by burning human flesh. I think that's his ad. Right. He's a guy, I got this, put me on the book. A Superman that burns people up. Uh, um, we're, I don't know. It's I you know like if you're just looking at it it's it's pretty cool I really like the Patton Oswald one um I didn't realize that was even him uh, until you mentioned that just because it 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 seemed the most playful it it seemed to really be like exploring the space in an interesting yeah. way it it was the one that seemed like it had the most like uh, a bones of a story and yeah I, I enjoyed it. I think I think the same it was like the, it, it was the closest thing to a fleshed out real good story um uh, but i'm guessing that these were like kind of pitches that were thrown out for like okay we have death metal like we're gonna do these alternate things what do you guys have and these are the idea these are like kind of honorable mentions like you okay you had a good idea but we didn't think it would be it's like a whole series so here's you know give give us a couple of pages and we'll put them together in a tie-in um but yeah, I would, like I said, would totally read right up until the part where you know where he's like, "Gimme, gimme." I was, I was totally into this, and I would have loved to see it until the part, you know, where obviously he was killed. But mm-hmm. um, it, I think that I would have, I would have really had fun reading this for a three to six inch issue mini to, to just spend some time with Victor's as and, and the crazy yeah. world that he is. I mean, we see, 
obviously his skin doesn't really change shape, but that's the monster that he is inside. That's what he sees inside. You know, yeah, I mean, that, he's got that this, was that was a really cool scene. I thought so too, because I mean, to to me, I mean, I I looked at it and I I knew it was metaphorical, but you know, it was I thought it was I thought it was just awesome, and the contrast between the scenes of him sitting in the van with the scenes of him driving through Gotham, yeah, um, the contrast between the the pictures side by side in each frame just that really did it for me too. I thought that that was pretty good, but that was the highlight of the book for me. Um. Yeah, some of the art is okay. It's pretty good. I really like the art in the Fear Index. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, there's lots of cool imagery there. But when you're when you're doing Scarecrow stuff, there's always some cool stuff uh, images. Overall, yeah, this is this. You skip this one. There's not enough meat on this for a for a Thanksgiving meal. That's for sure. Um, I I'm giving this one a, a, a five five out of ten. Yeah, and it, it, I mean, if the co- it, if looking at the cover doesn't back up what we're telling you, then <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much like well, if in, if you get pumped about that cover, then like you for sure pick this one up. <laughs> yeah, that that, that <laughs> is like, a that's safe all, bet. That, that's all you need. That's good. This is it. All right. Well, um, so you gave this a five read. Mm-hmm, I did. Anthony, where were you at? Four. A four. All right, that sounds about right. Um, <laughs> it's been one hell of a week for books, guys. We had a lot. Um, there were even more that we didn't cover. We handled 11 this week. Um, and I feel like the uh, top three the top three were they kind of stand <sighs> out, at least to me. It, it It's a tough choice because I feel like a lot of the books just weren't there or weren't weren't where they needed to be. Anthony, do you happen to have your top three books picked out and your favorite panel slash moment? I can go with Just Leave Dark, um, Suicide Squad, and, oh, man, Detective Comics. Top three. Um, yeah, which, but, okay, and what, 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 which one was, uh, which one plays first? What order did you do that? Top to bottom or um, bottom to top? So first one up to bat would be um, JLD. Fall second book of the week would be Suicide Squad. Last but not least would be Detective Comics. I believe I gave that a seven. I think okay. maybe seven point five. Did you have a favorite panel slash moment this week? It's sad. I don't know. I think I might. Holy crap! Oh, and there's a lot of books too. I, there is. There just wasn't a lot of solid moments. Yeah. Dang. No. I tell you what. Why don't you sit there and think about it for a minute? And if you can't come up with one, then we'll just say that DC let you down this week. By the time we're all done, Reed, where were you at with your favorite top three and your favorite panel slash moment of the week? Um. Sure. Three. Three is that's that's a problematic number this week. <laughs> Oh, so I'm one there. It really is. <laughs> um, no, I think. Uh, okay, let me. Look. I, I'm. I'm looking. I'm looking for some gold here. Let's. Let's see. Um, I think. Um, hmm. Oh wait, that was last week. 
<laughs> never mind that one. Um, all right. Well, I, I will say um, I will go with, I think, probably number three, I would go with uh, hmm. Correct me. Was Red Hood 51? That was this week, right? Yes. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yep, yes. That was okay. that was this week. Yep. All right. So we'll go. We'll start number three. Uh, was Red Hood fifty one? Number two uh, was Suicide Squad eleven. Um, and number one for me, uh, unsurprisingly, is Justice League Dark twenty eight. Um, that also contains my very favorite panel, which I uh, mentioned earlier of Zatanna. Uh, having a uh, herbal essences sh- like hair shampoo commercial moment uh, while a demon disintegrates around her. Perfect. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I am gonna have to agree with a good majority of what both of you guys said. My pick for number three um, has to be Red Hood Fifty One. I loved uh, Sean Sean Martin Rose voice in this. I loved uh, I loved seeing Red Hood drawn in a way that didn't make him look exactly like all the other Robins. I thought that was awesome. I liked seeing that we're going in a completely different direction that we've never gone before. We're getting a new bad guy. Whether or not he's worth a d- who cares as long as it's pointing us in a different place. Um, I, liked, I liked how that one was done and uh, I'm really excited about the potential for it. So a solid number three for me. Um, it is a real, real hard choice between uh, picking for picks for one and two. Suicide Squad and Justice League Dark were both amazing. Now there were a couple, and just and I mean just a few art choices in JLD that made me. Or actually, I think I'm questioning that wrong. I think I'm confusing that with a different book. Oh no. So you guys had a problem coming up with third, and I'm not sure who to pick for first now. Um, oh, no. All right, no, okay. Suicide Squad I gave as a perfect 10, so I have to give it to that. All right, I gave I gave uh, JLD a 9.5, so we'll go with that for second place. Let the numbers speak for themselves, right? Um, <laughs> but my favorite panel slash moment does have to come out of Justice League Dark. It's going to take up two pages, or um, uh, uh, three pages, excuse me. Um, the whole moment of her reenacting that magic spell, uh, that uh, even more than watching her explode the demon around her, it was um, the upside down the the upside down man. It was. It was her walking through that, dude. I don't know. I just, I got some feels going on when I was reading it. I mean, I'm not kidding you. I, I got, I got to, um, I got to that moment in the book where, uh, where it looked like uh, he was starting to come underneath her influence. And Wonder Woman says, it, it must be Z. And I flipped the page and I saw what was happening. I got halfway through it and I sat my tablet down. I looked over at my wife and I said, I'm going to have to go outside and come back to this. (laughs) (laughs) So um, that is absolutely my favorite panel slash moment. And, um, you know, as, as artfully as this was done, 
it's it's still really hard, man. I almost want to tie them both for first place, but uh, it's it's a it's a real tough one. Um, they are so close together, and it was done so well. But that's where I'm at. Um, not exactly decisive, but I don't think any of us really had that luxury this week. Um, so that is the show then, everybody. As always, thank you for listening. And remember, you can feel free to reach out and contact us at any time. Visit campsite.bio forward slash not a robot to find us on your favorite podcast platform and visit us on Twitter as well at not a robot show. Patreon.com forward slash not a robot podcasts is where you get all of the early and additional content we record exclusively for our patrons for as low as a dollar a month. Um, so stay in touch with us. And until next time, be good to each other. And don't be a robot. Don't